Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Geek Vibes Hello, hello, everyone out there. This is your pal, Dane Alves, for another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. The show, if you're new, in which me and my good friend, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, break down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news, provide you with reviews for those said shows. And, uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about today, uh, but I could not do this by myself. Of course, joining me via satellite somewhere in Duluth. Uh, at, a, at a private location, Christopher, brother Ray Patton. Hey, Dane. Thanks for uh, thanks for that great introduction. How's your week been, buddy? It's good. And and as many people that, that listen to our show know, Chris likes to go out on his porch a lot of times. So it kind of sounds like you are in an undisclosed location in the forest a little bit. Because like, you could hear like the... And the it was perfect. It was a great setup for that whole entire thing. <laughs> But I'm doing good, man. Well, those are my co-hosts. You know, they keep me uh, they keep me in line, so I don't go too off topic. They seem like they're flying in, just ready for you to like, you know, hang out with them or something. By the way, if any Falcons try to come and hang out with you, go away from them, Chris. I know that you're a fan of Georgia and the Falcons themselves, but they will attack you. They're they're dangerous. <laughs> yeah, they're Raptors. So I've heard that like eagles are no longer endangered, but now people are super worried that they're going to get their dogs taken in certain locations. <laughs> Have you heard about this? This is a news article floating around. Well, no, but good for that, I guess, to an extent. But um, harpy eagles are like as big as a, a child. Like they're huge. Bald eagles are a little bit smaller than them. Golden eagles a little bit smaller than them. I used to be obsessed with the big birds when I was not big bird, but the big raptor style birds back when i was younger um little kid i have weird <laughs> obsessions i guess they're kind of normal but like i liked uh, big cats at one point in time you know dinosaurs obviously so oh, yeah, yeah i don't know i don't know where the fuck i'm going help me <laughs> do you think that's like that starts when you you remember the scholastic reading program and you'd have like the scholastic book fair do you think that starts there when they would come in with all of those like National Geographic for kids books with like pictures of eagles ripping things apart and like <laughs> tigers fighting each other and stuff. I feel like it starts there. They used to sell those t-shirts with like wolves on the front of them and shit. Oh yeah. No, I, I definitely think that had something to do with it. But even beforehand, like if I, I, for some reason, I don't know why unbeknownst to me, especially now I was obsessed with bugs, insects when I was really younger I just had my mom buy me a book that would like had a bunch of bugs in it, and I, I think she hated her life spending the money for that. But you know, at the time, that was. But like you know, that like at one time I was in the natural disasters, and I'm not talking about earthquake and a typhoon. You know, it's 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 weird when you're you're younger, you're fascinated by a lot of weird shit. Greek mythology, that's another one. I know a lot of Greek mythology uh, stuff. If you if you want to ask me in any type of uh, you know um, question. Or, or trivia, I, I can help you out with that. I'm a, like I like I said, I'm gonna <laughs> shut up now. This is going off the rails real quick. 
Well, you know, it's been a long week. <laughs> we might as well send it off the rails a little bit before we put it back on course. Um, but yeah, you know what I was into as a kid, Dane? What? Professional wrestling. There you go. Getting it back on track, Chris. I like it. Yes, professional wrestling. Something that's been dear to our hearts since we were young, young little children. Um, liking Bugs and Hulk Hogan at the same time. Anyways, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's get into this. We got a pretty packed show. Um, we're definitely going to be going over, like I say, the big three <laughs> with uh, you know uh, first NXT on Tuesdays, then AEW on Wednesdays, and SmackDown on Fridays. And you know there was something else I think around there. But first, before we get to that, let's do some news. Uh, and I think the first big uh, thing of news was everything that was going on with the uh, Funker. And uh, some of the reports that happened um, with, with Terry Funk, ha- you know, not being in the uh, best um, mental shape, going through signs of dementia, as accorded to Don Morocco on his new podcast that he has. Uh, he has like a host now, and they're doing like a similar show to like, I guess you could say like the model of Conrad's and stuff. And he said that he was worried about him and that, you know, he knew he was in a uh, living facility and that he... He was uh, starting to suffer a little bit from dementia. Um, And this was complimented, uh, not complimented, but countered, I should say, by a a kind of worried Tommy Dreamer, who had talked to him the last weekend and talks to him constantly on the phone, keeps up with Terry, uh, you know, and just finding out what the heck was going on. uh, Because even the WWE at that point just said, like, you know, Terry Funk's a wild... I don't remember exactly what they said, but a wild, crazy, tough man, and he's going to be able to beat whatever comes his way or something on those lines. So when you get something like that, that's people are commenting like Ric Flair and and, and stuff like that. I don't blame Tommy for being like, oh, wait, what? And so Tommy got a hold of him, and it appears that everything's good uh, with Terry. You know, he is in a living facility, but that's because he's got some stuff to deal with his body that he could use a little bit of help, but he actually did that to, you know, kind of get a little bit more around people uh, since his wife passed away. But everyone's got to realize, and this is a, a very, you know, known thing that we, we need to realize is that Terry is getting older. And that's what Tommy said, you know, Terry, what he's, I think 78 at this point. Uh, Yeah. He's about to be 78. Um, You know, he is older, but I, I was happy with the update that Tommy provided uh, shortly when he talked to him. And he said, everyone needs to relax. I just got off the phone with Terry Funk. He is not in bad health. He loves everyone talking about him. Direct quote from the Funker. I'm currently sitting in an assisted living place with my thumb up my ass, whistling Dixie. But I don't remember the words. Hashtag forever. Hashtag ECW. Oh, I don't think that was his. I think Tommy put that at the end. But whatever. So, it you know... Terry had the person that's in charge of his website let everyone know that, uh, you know, he has health issues, but it's more involved with his body, less with his mind. So I don't exactly know what Don Morocco was. I don't think he was trying to start a shitstorm. I think that maybe he heard something and that he's older. They're an older generation. They don't understand that if they say something, social media will run and gather with it. And then huge outlets like WWE and Ric Flair are talking about it. Um, It was also funny that Terry kind of called out Ric Flair a little bit. I can't find the tweet exactly, but it was funny basically saying, like, you know, Flair, you got my phone number. 
if if you need a if you need a call or come over here to fight, we can do that. You know, we've been fighting for for ten years or something on those lines. It was hilarious that Flair actually um, uh, took the recording and put it on Twitter. So I de- he's he's now going to be heading up there soon. Uh, Tommy spoke that we're there. A couple of them are going to be doing a trip to go visit Terry, but he's in good spirits and actually wanted to turn it into an angle. Um, with that Tommy said where he just shows up and he's the crazy, you know, Terry funk, or he was thinking about it. Like, I don't, I don't remember the details. Definitely check the busted open episode. Cause I'm going to butcher it, but it was funny stuff. Uh, how Terry was, you know, kind of like, we should use this as an angle and, and make money off a kid. Like he's still got that wrestler mentality and that he can do some crazy stuff in public. So people actually worry about it and then build that towards him coming and doing something wrestling wise. So I love Terry Funk. He's getting old. You know, he put that video up about like, he loves his fans not too long ago, but he's tired. You know, he is, he is 78 and he's a crazy man, but I'm glad dreamer kind of let us know. I, I thought that dreamer was a little bit, like kind of bitching about people like blowing this up out of proportion, you know, fans are going to react hearing what they say. And even with WWE, you know, they're just putting on hand. I don't think they said anything that bad. You know, they were just kind of showing support regardless. Terry's getting older, but we're, we're happy that unlike what we had to talk about last week, I believe on the last episode, you know, the funk is, uh, is, is doing as good as he can, Chris. Trying to make money off an angle. I'm going to try to find the quote of what exactly he was suggesting to Tommy while you, uh, you, uh, you know, give us your retort, if you will. Yeah, so I mean, the assisted living home, I know he had a live-in nurse and some helpers and stuff. I didn't know that he had moved into assisted living, but that's not that different or that far-fetched, I guess. Um, he had kind of, like you, like you alluded to, when he put that video out about the fans where he specifically said like, Hey, please stop sending me eight by 10 tens. I'm an old man. <laughs> you know, he's, he's older. I mean, I think he summed it up pretty well and he hasn't really been the same since his wife passed away. And that's kind of been well known. And he, I think I've, I had reached out a few times to try to see if we could get him on the show, but he's not doing any kind of podcast or, or any kind of fan signings or anything. And that's been for the past two or I want to say, I can't remember when his wife passed away. Was it three years ago? I want to say two or three years ago. Um, so, I mean, it, it's it's good to know that the Funker is in good health and he's somewhere where he can get care he needs. I'm sure he's having trouble moving around. I mean, hell, watch Terry Funk's wrestling career and that'll give you a good reason of why he might need this kind of thing. I absolutely love Terry Funk. I think he's one of if not the greatest of all time definitely my favorite wrestler of all time as we've talked about on this show many many times uh so it's good to get some clarification from tommy dreamer i do think people kind of jump the shark a little bit with something don morocco said who i'm not even sure is that close with terry funk uh but that's 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 the business, baby, I guess. Uh, but it was good that someone like that Tommy Dreamer came out and kind of clarified everything and, and that Terry Funk's been giving people great, <laughs> great lines to throw up on their Twitter. <laughs> Terry Funk's just sitting at this at, <laughs> at his uh, current location and just cutting promos <laughs> on everyone, apparently. So it's good to know that 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 Terry Funk still exists. And, he, you know, he seems to be in good spirits as far as we can tell from what we've heard from 
to me, people that are actually close to him, like Tommy Dreamer and Mick Foley, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. And uh, this is the quote. I'm sh- I think he said a bunch of other stuff, but this is the crazy stuff that still to this day, you know, Terry Funk's a wrestler. So he told him it was perhaps the fu- this is what this is what Tommy said. It was perhaps the funniest conversation because now Terry is like, you know what I'm going to do? You know what, Tommy? We're going to make money off this. Maybe Sika's kid, referring to Roman Reigns, and Polly, with the history, will do me and you. I'm coming out of retirement. Let's book it. Bring your hardcore house or whatever it's called. We're going to do it. I'm so crazy. I still think I can draw big houses. I go, you can draw big houses. And he goes, I know. I'm just trying to be modest. I can outdraw. I heard the ratings are in the shitter. And again... This is my normal conversation with Terry, but everything was so awesome. So then I hang up, and then he calls me back and goes, this is what we're going to do. I'm either going to go get arrested, or I'm thinking of, of taking off all my clothes and running out in the streets and beating people up. We'll make money on this somehow. I go, don't do that. Uh, and he said, well, if they think I'm crazy, hell, I'll show them I'm crazy. Is that not Terry Funk, Chris? <laughs> it's exactly Terry Funk and for anyone out there that has not had the uh privilege of reading his book I highly recommend hunting down his autobiography it's it's a lot of that <laughs> it's a lot of that kind of stuff but uh yeah that's absolutely great that just makes me love Terry Funk even more and uh we also got a health check on Dory Funk because he's someone that we don't hear a lot apparently he's fine He's two years older than Terry, so it's good to hear that they're both my the Funkers, one of my favorite tag teams, are uh, are both doing well. So that's that's good. And you know, in a month they're gonna be fighting the Briscoes on Ring of Honor television at the farm. But we'll get to that actual fight a little bit later in our news. Um, yeah, dude, love Terry Funk, long live him, and uh, we'll move on. But at least that ends on a positive note, I would say, or at least more positive than what we were going into it. Uh, don't believe everything you're going to believe, or don't believe everything on the internet, basically. Yeah, don't uh, believe everything on the internet, and, and don't, like, <laughs> definitely don't buy into everything that Don Morocco says out of all of and, these podcasters. And, and like I said, I'll give him a little bit of credit. Maybe he heard something in the grapevine, and he was just talking, you know, off the cuff, and doesn't realize that now, in modern times, if you say something like that, it's going to be headline news within two seconds so i'm sure he wasn't meaning to like start a stir he probably just said it and was you know not i don't know uh we live in a very different time is all i'm trying to say oh i agree with you but i can only assume what future don morocco episodes based on shoot interviews i've seen him in will be like uh with his brand of reality well you know yeah no i agree with you but um all right so our next news item is is frustrating to hear about. This happened last Monday. Um, I thought for some reason when I saw this that this was some update or not an update, but like someone resharing what happened, what, a year ago, not even. In the last three years, Jimmy Uso has gotten three DUIs um, and he's gotten four total, I believe. One was thrown out, but still it's like at this point, I think he, he blew on this specific one, a two point, like one something. So way over the legal limit. 
and this was in Florida, Pensacola. This happens all the time. This man's a part of a major storyline um, with Roman Reigns. The biggest storyline, arguably in wrestling, uh, if not uh, definitely WWE. And he does this de- again. Uh, Jay has had this problem in the past as well, but it's been definitely years. Uh, the big question is a question I don't think to the full extent that we as commentators, fans, uh, well, to a certain level, I don't think that we should be asking of, of what the WWE is going to do against him or are they going to force him to go to rehab or this is uh, this is completely you know, over, he should be taken off of television and all these statements that I get why people are worried. The most, the biggest thing, obviously, is when he is driving like this, aside from himself, he can hurt a pedestrian. And that is fucking the biggest thing. Um, Does he have a drinking problem? I don't know if it's a drinking problem or the fact that he's completely fucking stupid to not call Uber. Uh, since it's available so easily and just making really dumb decisions, but this is a pattern. I don't think any of us have a position to say that he needs to go to rehab. We don't even know the details of his life. That's that's my personal opinion. I don't even know if Chris will agree with me on that, but I do think that some measure of action should be taken. That's up to the company. And obviously he was on SmackDown last night, so they're not going to just take him out like a lot of people assume they were because of uh, Edge choking him out last Friday. He's still a part of the active storyline, and I would not be surprised if he beats if they beat Ray and Dominic now for the titles, so that Roman and the Usos can stand tall all together, which a lot of us were projecting, obviously before this happened. So I don't know, Chris. Uh, a lot of people of a certain mindset, I'll just say that, are definitely condemning him, and I think that's understandable to an extent. But to claim that he should be, you know, taken off television immediately or we or whatever, forced to go into rehab. I, I don't know. I don't know his situation. So that's the only thing I'm going to really say about that. But I think that he needs to take responsibility, maybe do some uh, statements and obviously change his fucking ways and learn how to use Uber. Um, I don't think it's that hard. I've done it when I was blackout. Not saying that's a good thing, but I'm just saying I got home completely safe. So I don't know why the fuck a wrestler who makes that much money who's a part of a main program can't figure out the same type of comprehension. Yeah, also someone that makes a lot more money than me and you. That's the other thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if an Uber is going to cost us 60 bucks from where we're at, that's a bigger deal than, uh, let's say, for, it would be for Jay. <laughs> so uh, it's Jimmy. It was a Jay or Jimmy. I can't remember. I, I Jimmy. Miss Jimmy. Okay. So because they both. Had DUIs and tre- uh, Jay, Jay had two, had one too, right? I don't know about uh, Trinity Naomi, Naomi uh, but I know that Jay had two, but several years ago. But now, in the last three years specifically, or two and a half years, I think it was, Jimmy has had three, and he's had four total. One was overturned for some reason within it, but still, that's four times he was pulled over, was over the legal limit, drinking and driving. Yeah, at, at some point, do they just put one of those breathalyzer gimmicks in your car? Like, has he not hit that limit yet? Because people in Georgia, yeah. if, you get two, if you get two of these, they hook up a fucking thing to your car. 
I, I've never gotten a DUI personally, but I do have friends that are dumb who have gotten DUIs. And uh, if you get one or two, they or if you get two in Georgia, they'll hook up a fucking thing to your car. You have to breathe in before it'll even start. So <laughs> I don't know if he's having someone bypass that or what. I would assume Florida would be just as bad as Georgia for its drinking and driving laws. But maybe, I don't know, Florida is also a weird-ass place. But I guess we'll get to the meat of, of what it is, so I'm not rambling too damn much. The, um, I mean, you got to give them a suspension. If you're going to suspend people for, like, having weed show up in their drug test, which they've done in the past, or, like, they've suspended Roman Reigns for performance enhancement drugs in the past they i mean something like this especially the third time whether you're going to force him to go to rehab or not is maybe a, an entire different question uh but if you're out there driving around drunk multiple times you should catch a suspension and probably a fine or, of some sort i mean that's what would happen in any other sport and i, I know wrestling is not a sport but at the same time it is a it's i mean it's a show that's endless and, and constant and you need to kind of set ground rules for stuff like this, or you're basically telling them it's bad if you do it, if you're in the undercard, but if you're, if you're in a main event storyline, we don't have to give a shit, which I think is a, uh, is a terrible example to set for people. And I understand why, you know, people would be outraged and mad and think he should be taken off TV. I think it just, you just, by not suspending him and taking him off TV um, and making it known, you're kind of just saying it's not a big deal to some extent but at the same time i'm not saying like hey force this guy into the betty ford clinic or some shit but i I can (laughs) i can agree with these fans of like hey maybe don't have him in a main storyline right now and he probably should be suspended because it's not like people don't know this isn't the 80s where something like this would happen and then no one would know about it except for the people in the town where it happened i mean this shit goes viral so quick it's it's not a good look for sure, uh, especially when you're talking no. about three <laughs> or technically four. I mean, I guess one could have been like he was under the legal limit or whatever. Who who the hell knows? Or he refused to breathalyzer and his lawyer got him off. There's a ton of different things that could have happened on that one. But four times, bro, like obviously there's not enough discipline happening to this guy where he continues to think that this is a good idea. And we're not talking about a little bit like the legal limit in Georgia is like what point zero. Yeah, and he was over two. (laughs) So, I mean, I have definitely been over two in my life, but I wasn't fucking driving anywhere. I can tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so, I mean, obviously, he's still on television. He was on there last night. Last night, I don't know if last night was... It could be, and... If you know this information, just shout it out when I pass it back to you. If not, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure the last couple episodes that were in the Thunderdome were pre-recorded, so this might have been a pre-recorded. He was a part of that episode. They didn't pull it or anything like that. They wouldn't be able to. So it 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 looked like last night, Mysterios versus Usos for the tag titles, and then obviously Edge and Roman at at Money in a Bank. Um. Do you think they're going to abruptly, things are going to change uh, next SmackDown, which I'm pretty sure is the one that's going to be the first one live? Are they going to take Jimmy out of the storyline or was last night live? Maybe I'm, maybe I misheard of that and they're going to keep Jimmy regardless. What do you think about that? 
So I don't know if this one was pre-recorded or not, honestly. Uh, so I don't have a huge answer for that. But I mean, if it was pre-recorded, then the next episode is going to be live. It's WWE, so it's so hard to say, man. I would say that you got to take the you've got to take the guy off TV and maybe announce he had a suspension. They've done this to Roman Reigns in the past. Like I said, the circumstances were a little bit different. Um, and didn't Jeff Hardy also get a suspension when he he had that DUI? I want to say two years yep. back, like right after. Yep, him and, and Roman wasn't wasn't Romans. It wasn't even like a that much of a performance enhancer. He was just taking like too much of like I forgot that was all kind of. It's that's one of those things that get into those weird percentages. The same thing that's like UFC, where if yeah. it's like below a certain percentage, it could be just like whatever. Either way, I mean. It seems like a less big deal because you're only affecting yourself as a person versus like, hey, I'm going to get drunk and drive around where other people might be kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not saying that either is necessarily right, um, but that's those are two different things. And if you're going to suspend someone for something like that, I'm just saying like maybe <laughs> maybe you give them a suspension for this or at the very least a fine. Or something like try to or make Naomi takes like his phone and like the first five apps available are just Uber. Maybe the first <laughs> screen is just Uber. I mean, something. either that or WWE hires a guy that just drives him around, which <laughs> if you're that company, everyone's based in the Florida area anyways. Like, are you telling How much? me you can't hire a guy to drive him around just to make sure he's not going to fuck up your main event storylines? I know that sounds bad, but. How much do you think that Roman Reigns uh, acted like his character uh, when he actually got to talk to Jimmy Uso about this? Because I feel like it's going to be very similar to the way he is on television, because I would have been fucking furious if I was him. I mean, hopefully they weren't partying at the same place. That's true. <laughs> That's, you know, it's like he knew he was a little too drunk, but he didn't say anything. Because, like, if some shit like that comes out, that'll be very bad. Um and that, I mean, that's happened in hockey, uh, not this past year with, with COVID, where players were hanging out and partying when they were supposed to be in their separate little bubbles or whatever. Uh, that that happened previously. I mean, stuff like that will leak out, and I don't think so. It doesn't seem like Roman is much of the party hard type. But uh, to answer your if, question, yes, he probably was super heel about this if he was not there. Probably partying. tore him a new asshole. Yeah, he's like, bro, what the fuck? Because <laughs> I would have been. <laughs> yeah, the Chief doesn't need that. But anyways, uh, hope Jimmy gets whatever help he needs. I'm not going to assume that he's an alcoholic and he's to go in the 12th step or forced to go into 12-step program. I don't know the fucking situation of his lifestyle, but I do think he needs to be held accountable uh, to some extent based on just doing stupid shit. And that's my final statement on the matter. What do you got to say, Chris, before we move to the next thing? Yeah. I mean, I think people need to disassociate alcoholism with uh, drunk driving, like drunk driving. You, you could only drink one time a year and make a bad fucking decision. I would just call it uh, incapable of making good decisions when it comes to driving. <laughs> if, you're, if you're talking about ooze. In this situation, uh, they they should be very different things. Not saying that alcoholics don't drink and drive. I'm just saying like you can't don't condemn this guy like he needs to go to a fucking clinic when you don't know him. Unless you do know him, then give us some 
give us some details and maybe some photos of you knowing him and then tell us why you feel that way. But outside of that, I mean, we don't, you know, don't throw fucking stones in a glass house kind of thing. Yep. I agree. And uh, Jimmy's hella talented. And uh, I love the Usos as a tag team. And mostly he's a human. So I hope that he gets better about this so he doesn't hurt himself, someone else. And, you know, that's the biggest thing. All right. So the next topic, uh, my God, we've been talking about them needing an influx on Raw and SmackDown in the women's division. And SmackDown definitely got one. We're going to be talking about all the details, but we'll go to this first. Uh, so last night, apparently Ember Moon wanted to stay in NXT. So that's I'm sure we'll hear more information if that's true or not, but that was the report going around. So maybe Ember's, uh, I would love to see her with the title again, but her tag partner, Shotzi Blackheart, is now Shotzi, Tegan Knox, who showed up and got a revenge uh, on the newest NXT for uh, against Candice LeRae and caused her the match and the titles, uh, is now just Knox. They're a new tag team. Th- uh, and now a third performer from NXT that someone that I think a lot of us thought should have been uh, on the main roster to some extent a while ago, uh, Tony Storm uh, was announced in a package. So those are three superstars, singles, tag, what, whatever. Uh, that's great additions, I would say, uh, for that roster. And even though it was weird and kind of just put together, I actually thought that Knox and, and Shotzi, their look uh, was pretty good, kind of a forced tag team. We'll see where that goes. I just know these three ladies all could be future uh, women's champion uh, outside of the, even the tag titles, the main title, uh, sometime soon in the future. So I'm excited about some of the matchups we can get with those women um, on on SmackDown because SmackDown seems to be written a fuckload better than Raw, if that's not obvious. Chris, what do you think? I'm excited that they're they're there. I'm not excited that they're doing like a tag team fucking thing with them. Um, and also, you said they, they're actually just going to go by Shotzi and Knox now? Shotzi and Knox, yep. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. <laughs> really, what is with the obsession with having one name in WWE? Um, if you think that Vince was so obsessed with one-name superstars, he would have gotten Sting into his fucking promotion years before he did. Or he would just force them to only have one name when they break into NXT so that it's not so goddamn jarring. Do you think <laughs> that's another situation where, where Triple H is like, oh, God damn it. Shotzi uh, uh, Blackheart, c- come here. Uh, all right, so uh, I touched my dad. So when you go on a new roster, we're taking the Blackheart off. I don't know why. I, I just don't get it either. But that's, that's just how they're, they're going to do it. Oh, and by the way, we're taking Ember Moon out, and you're going to get Tegan Knox. She's going to be called Knox. There you go. All right, I got to go. Let me leave. Hey, baby. Yeah. Did you just call me baby? I was talking to Karen. Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. Sorry. Well, yeah. Like, hey. But yeah, I don't know for sure. But uh, seriously, Tony Storm, man. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about Shotzi and, and Knox, but their positioning with the tag team, like you said. But... Tony Storm being a part of the roster and them too. Those are three great female talents, I will say. And I hope that Tony Storm does some great things. I want her, it looks like they're going back for her as a baby face, which is what I prefer her as. Yeah, I agree. Um, but 
I don't know. I, I, the tag team thing is really fucking still bothering me. Yeah, Shotzi and Knox. It's, uh, I don't know. That's uh, that's that's Vince. I don't get it. But unfortunately, uh, a women, uh, a women, a member of the female roster on SmackDown, a huge, very important member, uh, tore her ACL. Uh, in practice, actually, uh, Bailey is out for nine months uh, in the WWE. Uh, on SmackDown, she was in a program against Bianca. She was training. She accidentally torn her ACL while training, and now will be out for nine months. And they have repositioned the title picture with Bianca going forward. But uh, man, Bailey, the unsung hero, I would say, or one of the biggest of the COVID era, really got herself over. You know, did some awesome stuff. Fucking sucks. Um, I guess the only good thing about this is she can get some more one-on-one time. I'm pretty sure she recently got married, so she'll heal up, come back around Mania, I'm assuming, and uh, it just sucks that we lost one of the, uh, the I would say, the the big members, because now we're getting fucking Carmella versus uh, Bianca. That's something I'm really excited about. Where's Sasha? Um, sucks about Bailey, doesn't it, Chris? Really does, man. Uh God, an ACL, it's just terrible when that happens, but especially if you're talking about, um, God, I, I kind of like the new character that she's had for a while, and now the women's division is going to be up in the air for a bit, and you're right, where is Sasha? Have you heard anything on Sasha? Is she hurt? Nothing. I'll look again. Hold on. Just keep on talking. Yeah, but they... they... When they were, when you talk about bringing up Sasha and Tegan Knox, why would you not want to utilize them in the main event, as opposed to putting them in a tag team in a division that has three women tag teams? You know, it's just. I'm not 100 percent sure. And and you know what? I'm, I'm looking this up. I don't see any news at all. Uh, let's see. We'll go to Fox Sports and find out if there's anything. Specifically, have they have a page for her? Nope, that's just all stuff related to wrestling. Uh, <laughs> maybe her I don't. And, uh, maybe her and um, Keith Lee are hanging out somewhere, since they both have just disappeared. <laughs> it's very, very strange, man. And we miss Sasha for sure. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's the big stuff. I don't know. But uh, anything. Involving Bailey, obviously, with the torn ACL, hope for the best and quickest recovery, and that just just really sucks. Because um, she has worked her ass off, but maybe, like I said, the silver lining is she could use a break. Uh, I don't know. But let's move on to yeah, the next I mean, t- Well, this is the first time she's been out since... Because she ran on that 400-day title run, and then... I don't remember her being injured at any point in the past two or three years. So that's a long streak in WWE not to have any time off. So maybe, maybe like you said, it'd be good for her, but in torn ACL, that always sucks. So quick recovery to her for sure. Should she come back like triple H at the Royal rumble? I I don't know if people are going to want to boo her when she comes back is what I'm saying. I, yeah, I guess it just depends on who they have on top, right? Yeah really uh whether that matters or not but 
Yeah, that'd be cool. She could, but she. I don't think she's going to be ready by Rumble. No. So, but yeah, like they when she makes her comeback, don't do the Seth Rollins thing where the crowds are fucking uh, super hot for her coming off this super crazy injury and she's finally coming back and then you like turn her heel immediately. Yeah, that's not intelligent at all. All right, uh, next news item: Braun Strowman. He he wants someone to get these hands. All right, so Braun made some uh, interesting comments online. This is really a nothing article, but there are rumors that Braun will be the next WWE big wrestler that AEW will be including in their roster in the future. I don't know if those rumors are true, but this is what Braun said online. Very, very just compelling words, as all I have to say. While I sit here with a belly full of pizza, I can't help but think about how much I like beating people up. How many more days... Until I'm out of jail. I want to fight. Hashtag who fucking wants some. Hashtag my mitts are rated E for everyone. That's actually clever. Hashtag catch me outside. And then someone, a fan said, Wardlow wants some. And he said, everyone thinks they do still till they get these hands across the ring from me. Like hashtag like no one they have ever seen. And scene was spelled with a C. But I love Braun Strowman. Uh, I don't know what the hell any of this means. This is probably just a nothing uh, post. But do you see potential in the rumors that Braun Strowman will be coming to AEW? We obviously know it was a little bit different with Mr. Tommy End because of the fact that unbeknownst to WWE, this is amazing. Uh, he still was a part of his original contract with NXT, having just a 30-day non-compete as opposed to a 60 that Braun has. So it would definitely be longer, and we'll talk more about that uh, when we get to that point. But um, what do you think about Braun Strowman and, and Wardlow uh, touching each other, hand stuff? Oh, wait, that sounded weird. Well, I mean, people people keep pointing out that 90-day that non-compete, but it wasn't like WWE had him in a bunch of stuff before they released him. So I'm, I'm, I would assume that they were aware of the contract. I don't think they were fucking oblivious to it. Uh, but that, that being said, I mean, uh, Braun on Twitter, that's fine. I don't, I don't necessarily know what that means. I mean, it, it still seems like he will end up Belly full of pizza. <laughs> it does still seem like to me, he's going to get brought back into, uh, to WWE, but I could be wrong. Well, like I said, I like Braun. I know that some people don't, but I think he's a good big guy. Um, and I think that if they bring him back to WWE, hopefully he, that lights a fire under his ass a little bit because they haven't treated him the best since 2016 when he was actually getting over. And he's been really a company guy and basically just got fired, got the title because Roman had to leave. So they just kind of put it on him, treated basically very similar to the way Big Show in the last couple of years of or several years of his career. Um you know, and, and him on AEW would be interesting. I just don't, I don't know what the fuck you do. Put him against Orange Cassidy? I mean, I guess that's interesting, but going back home would seem like the better option if he wants to do that. I think it's going to come down to money, but um, he's still stirring stuff up online. You want someone to get these hands. Yeah. I don't know. But any, any, any last words? I'm just thinking about him versus Orange Cassidy now, which would be <laughs> entertaining. 
At least entertaining, that's for sure. I just the the thought of him going to AEW. There's just so many big guys there already that they don't necessarily utilize in the best manner. So I don't know bringing him in would be what I would do personally if I was Tony Khan. I guess Taz could just bring him in, have him beat up all the members of his fucking team, tell him to kick it to the curb and just be bronze uh, mouthpiece or something like that. Even his son. Hey, destroy my son. Have him get beaten right now. You know, something like that. Hook gets hooked by Braun Strowman. You know? Yeah. That's also not great if you're Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs needs to be by himself, man. I want baby, baby face Will Hobbs. just Or heal Will Hobbs, but just a singles version of that, you know, without Taz. I don't really need him with Taz. I don't think it's really helping him. I, that whole group just needs to disintegrate to me. I mean, Braun's Bron, a big guy, but like he's he wouldn't even be the biggest guy on the AEW roster, much like he's not the biggest guy on the WWE roster. So it's yeah, I just don't know what they would do with him if they brought him in. If they bring him back to WWE, you realize they're going to like make him have a really awkward match with Omos or some shit like that. Well, yeah, but that's how they've used him for forever. <laughs> yeah. So I like. I mean, he's what's what's better, him having an awkward match with Omos or him having an awkward match with like Jack Swagger? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't. Maybe I don't, maybe he'll go for the uh, the twenty four seven title. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, I mean the problem with him is that like he's so okay promo. But they wasted that initial build for him, so then people just look past him in WWE, and they paid him way too much damn money. So I, I still think that they'll just figure out a way to come up with a number that's higher than what anyone else would want to offer, and he'll just end back up in WWE. Because I do think like Vince the- and crew like him. Like I don't think it, they fired him because they don't like him. I just think it's it was a bit ridiculous to be paying him a million dollars. Yeah. Now, what would be the perfect uh, concept? Well, I don't think he would work with Ring of Honor. It's, you know, we, we talk about the Briscoes on a bigger platform. If the Briscoes brought him in as their cousin and Braun Strowman was the heavy for the two of them, that'd be kind of fun. All of them talking together would be absolutely ridiculous, though. I could see that for sure. But that would be... Do you think they're just going to bring him back with Bray since they kept Bray off TV? They could. They definitely could. I'm not 100% like, what the hell sure. are they doing with Bray? I don't know, man. That's another person. Uh, that's It really makes me go back to, is the reason why Bray and Sasha are not on TV is because they don't like what they're doing. I, I just don't know anymore. Because um, they're such big members of both those shows, but they haven't been on since WrestleMania. That's crazy. Yep. Now thinking of, that was April. Yeah, and especially with the, them being as big as stars as they are, um, and Bray being one of the best merch sellers during that time period, it's very, very odd. So I don't know what the hell's going well, on. Well, it's, it's not like his gimmicks getting destroyed by some little blonde chick, which is not really her fault. But you know, what I'm saying <laughs> it's or it was doing well for the last couple of years. How it was getting written, anyways. Like I said, we can all agree that Bray might not be the most graceful person in the ring, but 
his ideas for wrestling are very good, and they usually seem to be corrupted by uh, by uh, what you call it, uh, TV writers. Some of them in which don't even know what the fuck wrestling is, and then get fired for it. But you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, here you're right. <laughs> Sometimes they do get fired for not knowing what 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 the did we talk about that? <laughs> we we, we you kind it? of you. We 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 accidentally didn't talk about it, but you mentioned it last week. But yeah, this like how incredible it is. I understand she wasn't from wrestling, um, but how like if you're about to work for a major company, you probably shouldn't be exploiting information like that on a fucking podcast and not think that repercussions are going to happen. But what the fuck, WWE, to hire a comedy writer, a stand-up comedian. That has no idea even the name of the champion on the show she's about to work for. Uh, some black guy named, what was it? What did she say instead of Bobby Lashley? Bobby Ashley. Um, that's really fucking good. It says a lot. It also says a lot about you as a person to not know those kind of things when you get brought into a new company. Like yeah. not to, <laughs> to know people's names and such. But yeah, that's fucking... Ugh. What do we keep on hearing? We keep on hearing SmackDown. Some of the the people that are helping out with the storylines are specifically Paul Heyman. You know, Triple H is over there. We hear that Vince doesn't go to a lot of SmackDowns, or or you know, and that and that that Edge and Daniel Bryan have helped out in the past and shit like that. And then we hear about this on Raw, and then we all go, "Wow, SmackDown's one of the more well-written wrestling shows." And Raw's abysmal. Just besides the three hours, it's got two storylines that's good on it, and. It's, completely shit so that's strange how one has that going on and the other seems to have bruce pritchard and vince behind it with a bunch of television writers that don't even watch fucking wrestling for a good portion of them all right now i'm starting to sound like jim Cornette. god damn <laughs> well i mean in this situation i don't think he's necessarily wrong brian alvarez also went off on this so I don't know. I don't feel like we're in the the wrong here. It's it's just weird that they would even like. How does that job interview go? Hey, do you know anything about wrestling? And if you say yeah, they just are like, nah, <laughs> you're not hired. Like, what is, the hell is that? Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. You bring up you bring up valid questions, Dane. Well, I remember. I think it was Freddie Prince Jr. was who actually was an avid wrestling fan, and. He was saying one of the main reasons, and yes, the actor Freddie Prince Jr. For anyone that's listening and going, wait, what? Yeah, he had, he worked for WWE. Uh, I think in the either late 2000s or early uh, 2010s. Um, but he was trying to get wrestling style stuff approved, and that was the stuff that wasn't working. And they did have a lot of they've always had now and building since the what mid 2000s a writing team. And it's gotten less and less wrestling-oriented people, and weeded out people like, I don't know, Brian Gwartz, fucking Wade Keller, uh, Freddie Prince Jr., you know, actual wrestling fans, and and wanting to do wrestling storylines, and you know, but what do they know? Brian Gwartz only wrote pretty much all the main things for The Rock throughout the 2000s. Wade Keller had a bunch of great ideas, and oh yeah, Paul Heyman's another one that they've completely effed in the ass many a times. So, what are you going to do, brother? What are you going to do? I think it's fine to have writers like that maybe aren't 
the hugest wrestling fans of all time, as long as they're not the end all be all, if you're just giving them, if you're giving them a clear cut beginning, middle and end, and their only job is to help you fill in the gaps, then that's probably fine. But the problem with WWE is that everything changes on a whim all the time, at least with the main roster. So, like, I can't imagine what it would be like to even be a writer there if your job is like, okay, we need you to write a promo, but, like, this is what the match is supposed to be. So you start writing a promo or trying to help write a promo on Monday, and then Friday comes around, and they give you a completely different fucking match. Or the storyline completely changes. Like, that's that's WWE. So, you know, when they hire these people, unless it says, like, lead writer – or whatever they're just there to fill in like entertainment segments but if you don't know where the storyline is going which a lot of times you don't in wwe outside of the main event picture which is why like raw is so abysmal it's kind of hard to be mad at them but at the same time don't go online and say dumb shit like (laughs) about not knowing your job basically uh that that whole story is baffling to me amazing shit man uh, and let's talk about some more, uh, when we say amazing shit, uh, more in a negative, sarcastic sort of way. Uh, so, obviously, people watch AEW. Well, we won't cover this because we're covering it now. But there was a situation in which a man jumped the rail uh, when Chris Jericho was coming out, uh, started talking shit to him and MJF, dancing, and got on the apron before security came out. And uh, Chris Jericho knocked his ass in the face and they dragged his ass out uh and this idiot i guess he doesn't understand the legal system but on twitter uh with the name fat bastard uh actually i'll give you his full fucking twitter name if if you're a listener if you're a fan go tell this guy he's a fucking idiot actually if you do that i'm pretty sure you get kicked off of twitter because you're not allowed to tell people they're stupid anymore but regardless uh this dude at M-U-U-F-U-H-K-I-N-M-A-R-K. So, motherfucking Mark is what I think he's trying to go for. Uh, this loser said to Jim Cornette and, and uh, the great Brian Lass, how did you like my AEW debut? I did this for all of us real wrestling fans. Wrestling is no longer a safe space for friends to dance around and play dress-up. Reality can hit at any time. Uh, did they think it is going to be a fucking playtime forever? Uh, Brian Lass was the first person to respond to this and basically just told the dude that he's a fucking loser and that uh, real wrestling fans don't jump the rail. You should be embarrassed. You are blocked and a loser. And then that followed up, of course, Mr. Jim Cornette himself to say something. Well, actually, no. The first person to respond retweeted by Jim Cornette was Chris Jericho said, do you really think Jim Cornette would condone this, you fucking loser? Jimmy would have shoved a tennis racket up your ass and smashed your car windows. And apparently Jim agreed with that, said, got news for you, dipshit. The ring is sacred ground to us. And even if you and a lot of others think you can kick the shit out of the Young Bucks, I would have turned you into a tennis racket popsicle. And you're lucky someone there didn't gut you like a fish. You are blocked now. So we'll go into the response of Mr. The champion AEW. Uh, that was this morning, Mr. Kenny Omega uh, to Jim Cornette saying this. But just first of all, I guess it's good with all, you know, 
why, listening to the podcast of those guys, knowing that Jim Cornette was so intricate with the beginning of Chris Jericho's career at Smoky Mountain Wrestling and how they were such good friends, they were going on each other's shows, much like his relationship with Dave Metzler and how it's disintegrated to the way it is as of now through words. It was kind of nice. I knew that Jim Cornette would not agree with this idiot because, by the way, if you do this, you are a fucking loser and you deserve to get your fucking ass kicked by the wrestlers. Um, just just dumb. MJF should should run with it since a lot of it wasn't on camera and pretend that he went after him. I don't think he actually did. Uh, from the video I saw, he was just trying to dance in front of Chris Jericho. And then when Jericho was like, what the fuck's going on? He got on the apron and then Jericho knocked him. But, um, yeah, I, I think MJF should use this as fuel because, you know, to make him more heelish, I guess, if he wants to. But don't fucking do that. Don't be a fucking idiot. Stay in your goddamn seat. Let the performers perform. And you're lucky that it's not years ago where a cops would fucking beat the shit out of you in the back and then throw you outside uh, beforehand. I hope this guy, there's legal action taken against him. And he's a fucking idiot. And it... And in, in the weirdest way, the silver lining, it was nice to see Chris Jericho and, and Jim Cornette kind of agreeing with each other on that. Because Jim, as a fan of his show, would not condone that for anything, for any wrestling show, even if he doesn't fucking like the show or, or certain portions of the show uh, or aspects of the show or how wrestling is. He doesn't want anyone to fucking go in and do something stupid because it could be a guy with a fucking knife that's crazy and stabs a wrestler and that's not what we fucking want. That's dumb. So it wasn't, you know, getting real heat or whatever, brother, brother. It was your fucking idiot wanting attention. And I'm a part of Jim Cornette's Facebook page, the Cult of Cornette. And he's not a member on there. That's so weird. So it was definitely known and stated that this guy wasn't a part of their group, doesn't know how the fuck he's claiming to be a part of it. And that if there's anyone that ends up trying to post saying that they're him they'll be blocked immediately so just a lot of shit uh chris uh what the fuck is wrong with people i don't know but if you've ever listened to jim Cornette talk about asshole fans jumping the railing and what he what they have done to them in the past i don't know why you would associate that with a good idea in jim Cornette. uh (laughs) So I don't know how big of a fan he was of, of Cornette or not, uh, but the 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 whatever Cornette what Cornetteaholics or whatever the hell their fucking name is, um, the cult of Cornette isn't that just anyone that listens to his podcast on a regular basis? I'm sure there's like a, an actual group as well. There is, that, and that's what I was saying. I'm a part of the Cult of Cornette Facebook group, which they promote on there, and is moderated by Brian Last and a couple other people, but. This guy's never been a member. Like, this guy, we know his real name and everything. I think, I'm assuming legal action are being taken, but he's never been a member on the actual group page. So, I don't I don't know if he's claiming Cornette just to claim Cornette and stir up shit, is what I'm saying. I mean, usually when someone gets booted out of one of these shows, there's no legal action unless they hurt someone. He's just going to be banned from Daly's Place or wherever the hell the event took place at. Miami, baby. Hanging so out with Will Smith. So it's just one of those weird things where it's like, I just don't understand why he thought it was going to be like the what what he thought that response was going to be from Jim Cornette, who who has openly talked about doming people with a tennis racket who jumped the railing before, which is exactly what love, everyone said. 
I love how Jericho said, like, you think that he would be cool with this. He would have shoved a fucking tennis racket up your ass for doing that. Like, and it's true. I think that he would have inserted a tennis racket up his anus. Yeah, just because he doesn't like uh, AEW that much doesn't mean that he wants people jumping the rails and being fucking crazy people. I mean, that shit's, that shit's so scary to me just because of, like, uh, I mean, like, what happened to Dimebag Daryl still sits heavy with me, you know? Yes. And it's Absolutely. like, we got to get better at security and stuff. Like, I know we're just coming back out of the pandemic, but if, if people are already starting doing crazy shit like this and there's this mindset, I guess that you can just get away with anything. Um, yeah, maybe we need to bump up security a little bit. I don't need these crazy fuckers shooting Kenny Omega or something. Yeah, no shit. Well, speaking of which, uh, the champion, Mr. Kenny Omega, kind of put it in a direction that we'll, we'll go, uh, you know, responding to Jim Cornette and says, is it finally time to assume some responsibility and dial the online persona back a bit? Your low IQ man children have evolved from parroting your comments to actually acting it out with attempted violence. Jim Cornette said this. Jesus Christ corny you and i agree for the first time this guy is a moron and he wouldn't have been at a show with your uh, phony ass on it two clarifications unlike you i've seen violence in an arena and this wasn't it and secondly looking at your supporters i wouldn't uh toss the phrase low iq around also turd blossom i don't have an online persona because unlike you i'm not a complete fucking fake if you don't like my opinion I really don't give two shits, and I don't have to make anything up to tell you what I think about your phony ass. So, you know, Cornette just saying some nice things towards Kenny and uh, everyone getting along. Um, should there be some accountability for Jim Cornette uh, when it comes to this guy uh, doing something stupid like this? Does Kenny have any merit in what he's saying? I mean, Jim Cornette's not telling his fans to jump the rails and try to fight guys. Are, are, I guess is the assumption that he has berated these people so much that the that they're in so much anger over these cats that they should attempt violence? Is that what Kenny is getting at here? Yeah, sounds like it. Okay, well, then... I mean... <laughs> I would have probably said no a while back with you, uh, with everything that happened in America over the past two years. Uh, doesn't seem that far fetched. I don't know where you get what like. It's just weird because Cornette's just doing a gimmick on a podcast, but I, I don't I don't have an answer for this. Dan, I would, I would love to hear your take on this one, honestly, because for me it's like Cornette's doing a gimmick and. This guy is probably a 1% stupid of the people that listen to that podcast. See, like I said, I don't even know if this guy's an active listener. I don't know if this guy's really that diehard of a fan. I think he had an agenda, maybe, for whatever reason. Uh, and he kind of used it as this the reason why I'm doing it. And Chris Jericho, even having a very bitter history in the last two years with Jim Cornette even stated such that this is, this is, you think that Jim would want this, you know, he would have stuck a tennis racket up your ass. Kenny, who has been attacked countless times and not given the benefit of the doubt most times from Jim Cornette for good work. 
on his show and just said pretty fucking heinous things about him. Uh, even Brian Last coming because Brian Last doesn't think that Kenny is the worst wrestler or anything like that. He a lot of times disagrees with Jim and tries to show you, hey, Jim, you're only thinking about that original time period in which you don't like Kenny and not giving him any credit. And that will forcibly sometimes in conversation, Jim will admit stuff like the page and the page Kenny match against the Young Bucks, um, Jungle Boy one as such. If you're a listener, that's that's the type of things that you deal with. Jim Cornette is a heel gimmick. I think that he's he's kind of one of those guys that I'm not gonna say worked himself into a shoot, but like it's that's now him. And there is a level of him having disdain for modern modern wrestling and the way it's gone. And not it's 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 weird how if he praises something that's not publicized, but if he says what he says, which he can go very vulgar into it, it can get aggressive. So on both sides, I see what Kenny's saying, but I don't think that Jim should have accountability towards this fucking nut job. Because obviously he was just trying to get himself over in this situation and acting like an idiot. Uh, but Kenny, at the same time, I don't blame him for making a statement to begin with because he's been berated by this guy. And so has his friends, uh, you know, for a very long time. Uh, my question to you, going back into it, Chris, the thing that sucks about this, the biggest heel in AEW since it's it's very much diehard wrestling fans that are in the day AEW. It's the wrestling community, I would say. You know, we're not at that level. Raw's dying. It's there's not a lot of outside people coming in. But hopefully that builds. But my God, for all of us wrestling fans, the ultimate thing to happen would be Kenny in the goddamn ring and do the light spot because Jim hates him anyways. And they come on and Jim Cornette's right there in front of him with a big smile on his face. Hits him over the head with a tennis racket and forms his own team to go against whatever in AEW. It, it's happening in an alternate universe. It will never fucking happen, but it will be the ultimate angle. And someone said that immediately <laughs> on Twitter uh, regarding what Jim said about the guy in the first place, uh, or or to Kenny actually. Uh, and I have to agree with them, man. It would it would be like when Shane Douglas fucking shat on the NWA title and 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 put the ECW title up. It would be like the Outsiders. It would be crazy for at least the big wrestling community. But it's never gonna happen. But my God, do these guys not like each other? And I do wish to an extent we could all get along, but that's never gonna happen. Jim loves old school wrestling. He points out a lot of flaws in modern stuff. So do a lot of older wrestlers. He just goes into it fucking way more aggressive. And part of it is him building up his persona that in which I think that has become him, if you will. And Kane's defending the modern style of wrestling, much to the reason why, you know, Jim doesn't have a relationship with Dave and also Chris anymore because of situations like that. But yeah, I don't even know if I answered your question. Do you want Jim Cornette to show up on fucking dynamite and hit Kenny in the head with the, uh, call him Kenny Olivier and hit him in the head with the tennis racket. And I start mean, the biggest <laughs> feud of all time. Would it be, or would it just be the listeners of Cornette's podcast getting excited? No, I think okay. the wrestling community would blow the fuck up because people would hate him that are a part of that group. They're, they're, it's you're supposed to, you know, if you're an AEW fan, you hate Jim Cornette and the WWE. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, no, it'd be a big deal for sure. But I, I like you said, I don't ever see anything no. like that happen. No, it will never happen. Uh, but you know, 
what Kenny said about Jim, and, and this kind of goes back to should it be his fault? Well, I mean, he even if it let's say this event was his fault, he did come out immediately and kind of basically say, don't do this. It's fucking stupid. So at least he's taking not necessarily accountability, but at least putting it out there that he does not condone this, which is a far bit better than our previous president. Let's say that. So what are you trying to say? (coughs) All right. Anyways, I wasn't supposed to cough. But it happened. All right. I think that's it for news. Let's talk about Ring of Honor, man, before we go into the other shows. Uh, we talked about this. The battle on the barn. The fight on the farm. A awesome, I would say, match. My three matches this week, if you didn't get a chance to, uh, to check them out, would be Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. I thought they really did have a great uh, technical style match. AJ and Riddle and Mark Briscoe and Jay Briscoe with their dad being, I guess, the pseudo referee. There was no ending to this match. It was just the two of them beating the living shit out of each other, making weird noises and grunts in between. But it was a lot of fun. It came off realistic because it was like two cameramen, you know, filming on different angles. And then it looked like they just cut it up uh, for all the parts and any type of situation that they got into whether if there was a table in place, it made sense because of they're on this giant fucking farm. There's stuff like on the table, there was sawdust and a bunch of other bullshit on it. Um, you know, and they just beat the living hell out of each other. They, they, they told a great story of, of just being two brothers that have done this for years. I love the promos for it. I, the episode itself, I, I think it was, I forgot what the, I think it was the 500th episode or something like that. Uh, also featured an awesome pure match uh, for the pure title uh, with the champion Jonathan Gresham going against uh, Fred. I want to say it's Yehi is his name. He beat him. He's going against Mike Bennett. Cut an awesome promo, just cutting down Mike Bennett after Bennett was on commentary during his match, putting him over, and just basically said he's going to destroy him at Ring of Honor's uh, pay per view coming up. I forgot what, I forgot the name of it. I think it's War of the Worlds. I could be wrong on that apologize for not having that information but getting back to the actual match that we care about the fight on the farm was awesome i thought it was it wasn't anything like too crazy but i just love the fact that it's like it was all practical stuff like you have that table that was there that he throws him on top of and what does mark briscoe do to get on top of the fucking barn and they showed this video of them doing this in the past uh in their promo stuff he climbs up a goddamn tree these are two guys from delaware that work on their dad's chicken farm uh, in their off time and have been for years. Jim Cornette told the story about them and Jim kind of put it together. Like they're, they're, they're more of like a rough version. If, if they were bigger in wrestling, their dad was, a, uh, I guess a wrestler beforehand, but he didn't really go anywhere, but I love Papa Briscoe. He's great. And they're kind of like, almost like the Armstrongs a little bit, but they're, there is what Jim said, but they're kind of like more grittier version of that but they you know the the dad said the whole entire time you gotta get out you sister did you get out you know the whole calling it dragging him back to the ring all that shit i just i i had fun with it man and uh there was no winner but now they're going back to trying to be the uh, world's best tag team and uh hope papa briscoe stays around i like him maybe as their manager more so uh yeah it was it was a it was a tale of two Fucking crazy guys from Delaware beating the shit out of each other on a farm. 
What'd you think, Chris? I liked it. I mean, it had shades of final deletion without kind of the craziness a little bit as far as the setting and everything went. Um, they went all over this damn farm. My favorite thing was when uh, Jay got into the like got into his truck and it was just playing pop music. Yeah, <laughs> like Jay Briscoe's riding around to pop music made me laugh really hard. Um, I mean, there was a bunch of cool spots with different. I beat they beat the shit out of each other with anything that they could find, pretty much. And um, I was pretty fine with it just ending the way it ended. I guess that you know, I think I predicted Mark finally getting a win and maybe a push. But if they're just going to go back to the tag team, I'm fine with that too. And, and I think adding Papa Buck in there, Papa Briscoe, not Papa Buck, Papa Briscoe, in there to be like, uh, y'all had enough yet throughout the entire match as they're killing each other until the very end, and then they're just like, yeah, no, we're good. I think we got it out of our system. <laughs> And you could totally relate and believe all this for at least for a cinematic match. Um, and yeah, you said the final, desti- or final destination, final deletion, but there was a lot of zany, weird things like fireworks getting shot at each other and shit. But same type of premise. But this was the most believable one. Like everything that they used, it made sense that certain things were there because they're on a fucking working chicken farm. So. I, I, I like that added element, and I thought the only thing that was awkward to me was the weird grunts. Like, if you if you want to make fun of Hulk Hogan for his uh, ha-sha-sha-sha-sha, or whatever the fuck you'd say, and Harley Race for his weird noises, these guys, I don't know what the hell they were doing, but it was, uh, it was interesting. <laughs> well, it's also one of those things where when you put wrestlers in this situation... When you put wrestlers in this situation, they're used to overacting on purpose or overselling their grunts and stuff. When it's mic'd up on, and there's no crowd, it gets super awkward. <laughs> but yeah, I I, uh, I enjoyed it. It was uh, a fun time. Good episode of Ring of Honor. Looking forward to their pay per view coming up. And uh, yeah, that's all. That's all I got to say about that. Raw highlights. We got three of them, Chris. Three highlights for every hour of Raw. <laughs> One of them's not really, I would say, much of a highlight, just something that happened. So Drew and Jinder had a match, ended it in the DQ. Jinder caused it. Then they, Jinder and all of his guys, Drew got a little bit of a comeback, but inevitably got the shit knocked out of him. So we're looking that his past member of, of uh, whatever, three, three men and a baby, Whatever their group was, um, they're they're, they're going to have a fight, and they're going to probably have Drew doing this. I would think until SummerSlam with Gender. Gender's a past champion. You know they do have history together. Obviously, like I said, uh, three man band or whatever the hell. I think that's the name of it. Uh, maybe shit. Maybe Heath Slater, since he hasn't been doing shit on um, Impact, maybe he'll make a uh, an appearance or something uh, to hype it up more. But um, yeah, whatever. Uh, it's something for Drew to do. I just feel, I told you this, I kind of feel bad for Drew. Along with Bailey and some other people, he was one of those guys that really kept stuff going on Raw for a while, at least on his end as champion, uh, and didn't have the benefit of the crowd the whole entire time. So do you think going against gender in a storyline, which this might be something that they wanted to do, but do you think it's a downgrade for Drew McIntyre? Uh, right now to keep him busy going forward. 
Yeah, I mean, this seems like trying to give him a win going forward into whatever they're going to do for SummerSlam. I don't know that they're going to have him locked up in this thing for very long, honestly. Do you think this is a situation where maybe he costs Bobby Lashley the title? I don't know. Because we've no got idea. money in the bank coming up, right? So, I mean, they could do that and then uh, set up him and Bobby because he needs he needs Bobby to lose the title so that he can win it back, right? He can never challenge for it again as long as Bobby is holding it currently. So he could screw Bobby over and then you get the Drew-Bobby Lashley match at, at SummerSlam and then Brock's music well, hits, comes out and wipes the earth with him. That would be Drew my guess. Drew right now... In Money in the Bank itself, he's in the actual Money in the Bank match. So I don't know if, and I hope not, but if he were to win it, I could see him cashing it in to, to fuck over Bobby. Or if Kofi wins, that would suck, but Drew cashing it in. And then the aspect of, you know, um, trying to think of where I was going with my other direction. Oh, if Jinder comes and fucks over Drew McIntyre during the match and causes him the thing to make them get to SummerSlam is what I'm assuming they might be doing. Yeah. See, but like if Drew wins, he and Bobby Lashley retains, he can't cash in the money in the bank. I would think based on the stipulation, I guess. Yeah, you're right. So maybe you would cause them to match him in the back of the head and that would have Kofi win and then drew versus Kofi, but then his baby face versus baby face. I don't know. I guess it's good that we don't know that, it's not as defined as say the SmackDown side of things, but at the same time, I don't know what direction they can go in. Yeah. I mean, I think that they're setting up for, for probably Lashley versus drew at SummerSlam. And then Brock Brock comes back out, um, which would mean Kofi needs to pick up the title, but he would just be transitional coming out of the bank for whatever they're going to do. But for everyone get, wanting Brock back, that looks like that's not going to happen, by the way, for SummerSlam at least. So uh, that's the newest report. So I don't even know the Bobby versus Brock or Kofi versus Brock. That's not even, at least from what people are saying, available anymore. Well, I mean, they they haven't got the contract done yet, but he, he doesn't necessarily have to wrestle a match at SummerSlam. He could just do a run-in. If they're just talking about, like, he's not going to be in, in, in ring shape. But if you're saying, like, hey, they get the contract done that week and he's going to run out and do a uh, a run-in, I could I could see them doing that. If not, I mean, they could still do the Bobby Lashley. Drew McIntyre match um, after the fact. I mean, Drew could do something. It's WWE, so he could do something where he puts up his... If he wins money in the bank, he could put up the money in the bank. I'm actually, like... I really don't want him to win Money in the Bank because it feels like he has to turn heel to cost Bobby Lashley a match. Either way, because well, especially they... to go against Kofi. Yeah, so I mean, it's just a weird. It's a weird thing because like you're you've told us that he can never wrestle for the title against Lashley again, essentially. So he's going to someone's either going to have to beat Lashley clean, which I don't see happening or McIntyre is going to have to lay him out and give someone the win, which is a very heel ass thing to do, which is why, like if you can get someone like Lesnar to show up and, and kind of be the in-between guy of that, that starts down that pathway. It doesn't seem as heelish, but I, I don't know where the hell they're going with it, to be honest. 
Yep, it's definitely not as uh, clear, I would say. And uh, just to kind of wrap up the stuff involving Bobby Lashley, Kofi and Xavier got a win, pinning MVP uh, against MVP and Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, very angry at MVP. Don't fucking take MVP away from Bobby. Like, you already split the Hurt Business. That would be really dumb. But, uh, yeah, so more standing tall, but not the weekend of the pay-per-view. So Kofi still has a chance based on raw math, uh, which is very different than Steiner math. I will, I will, I will say that. <laughs> you don't obviously want to see MVP without Bobby Lashley or vice versa. Do you? No. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, breaking news. Brian Uh-oh. Pillman's uh, contract is officially over with MLW. Oh, wow. So now he can roll completely full-time into AEW or possibly go to NXT, I guess? Yeah, I mean, he would be open to sign wherever because he's not officially signed with AEW. I mean, AEW would make the most sense probably, but uh, he had that two-year deal that he had tried to get out of at one point in time, if you remember, with MLW, but I guess that has officially ended. So I don't know if there's a non-compete or anything, but that news is floating around on the interwebs right now. Well, that's good because I think I think that Brian should chill where he is, and now they'll be able to utilize him more, which they slowly, because of his MLW contract, they were able to do uh, throughout this last time period. So if it's to a close, I really honestly think that along with a lot of the guys that we say, your your Adam Pages, your Darby Allens, your Sammy Guevara's, your your uh, MJF's, uh, Will Hobbs, all those guys, Ricky Starks, even the younger generation, he could be definitely one of them for the male division on AEW. You know, in the next ten years to really flourish, I would say. Yeah, I agree with you. And in his promo, like like his promo, I think we talked about it last week, kind of showed where his skill level can be. I think there's some stuff he can clean up in the ring, but yeah, that AEW, that's someone they should definitely sign. And I, I usually am really weird about saying AEW should sign this person because it feels like everyone says that, you know? Yeah. Um, Kenny Omega had a rebuttal while we were doing the show to Jim Cornette. Uh oh, what did what did what did Kenny say? <laughs> Hey, Jim, I think you're one of the greatest wrestling historians going, and I enjoyed your work with hashtag Dark Side of the Ring for whatever it's worth. I sincerely hope that you, you're remembered for your positive contributions to the wrestling business. That is all. So Kenny Omega going back to just ignoring and praising Jim Cornette for the things that Cornette is good at, basically. I mean, seriously, can you guys just work this shit out just to make money? Come on. What the fuck? <laughs> just say, I don't like you. You don't like me. That doesn't matter. Jim, but Jim's not going to leave his house anyways. He's still scared about the fucking pandemic. So I don't think he'd be leaving his house for the next two years anyways. But my God, if that were to happen, I would laugh my ass off. And you know who would be a part of his stable? He'd basically take over the pinnacle and kick out a couple members and just have uh, MJF and and uh, and uh, FTR. So I, I don't know. Yeah, it was just a funny. I, I just saw that. I was always scrolling through for any new. Kenny, Kenny is great though about turning the cheek, man. And I, I love Kenny Omega. The stuff he's been doing now and as of recently is the best stuff he's been doing since. Uh, yeah, back back when a little bit before he actually had the title, and I guess you could obviously include his title run, but in New Japan. So that's hilarious. That's great. 
I liked your work with Dark Side of the Ring for whatever it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, awesome. he put him over as a historian first before he before he uh, went to the Dark Side of the Ring stuff. But he's done that multiple times. I guess he's just like, I'm not gonna fight with fight with you, Jim. It's just not worth it. Which... No, no, it's it's not. It's just going to be a lot more insults. What did Jim even call him? He called him a oh man. I, I, that that statement was just lovely because it was so ridiculous. Uh, I don't. I can't find it. Doesn't matter. Turd blossom. You're a turd blossom, Chris. Thanks, pal. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on. Uh, just wanted to say, like I said beforehand, great match with Matt Riddle against a. Oh, oh, sorry, Riddle versus AJ Styles. Not like like I always say, like he was a big guy in another uh, sports platform as an athlete ahead of this, but whatever. Uh, Matt Riddle, the guy that went from I can't believe I can't stand him to I can't believe how much I like him just by a little bit of work, and now this relationship, and I forgot who it was. But like a lot of people have said, like the weird relationships in the past of, of two wrestlers, you have your Mankind and, and The Rock, you have your Daniel Bryan and Kane. To me, and especially if, if Randy can kind of become a little bit dry, funny f- in the future, not too over the top like Matt Riddle, but just add to the humor. Like the relationship is back when Kurt Angle was the goofy, goody good funny Kurt Angle and Stone Cold when they when Stone Cold was a heel doing all their fucking shenanigans. Uh, but I really just, I, I appreciate what they're doing. I know where they're going with this. The Viking Raiders are obviously going to lose at, at money in the bank. Shocking. And then it will be Randy Orton with, with uh, Matt Riddle against AJ Styles and Omas at SummerSlam for the titles. And I definitely predict they'll, probably get the titles either that or they lose and randy orton just completely obliterates matt riddle but matt riddle man um i still want a a singles uh uh you know match with rob van dam i think that would be a lot of fun if you had a heel rob van dam that's not trying to be fucking cute and funny anymore and just beats the shit out of him um but i i think that matt riddle that it's it's open for him right now in, in wwe so Another episode, though, without Randy Orton. So I guess he had some vacation time he had to take off, Chris. Maybe he's nursing something. Seems that way. Yeah, I, it's Randy Orton. He doesn't have to be there every week, I guess, at this point. But, uh, yeah, another week, but still good. Good stuff from Matt Riddle. They are a real fun tag team. I mean, it's just a follow-up on the Pete Dunn stuff. Who would, what do you like better, RK-Bro or, or Riddle and Pete Dunn? It's a similar concept, man. It really is because Pete Dunn's so dry and like, I want to fucking punch you in the face. And so is Randy <laughs> Orton. That's why maybe to differentiate, Randy's got to kind of like, uh, I don't know, change aspects of how he's his delivery. But I never thought about that. I mean, I think that's some of the funniest writing they've done in a while as far as WWE goes was uh, <laughs> Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle together. The the What were they... Uh... <laughs> God, what was it? What's his uh, name? Pete Dunn's. What is his uh, nickname? Um, the Bruiserweight. The br- the Broserweights. The Broserweights. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if they if they could get Randy Orton riding on a gondola with Matt Riddle, then we'll know the comedy has reached its peak. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, and uh, that was raw. <laughs> there was other stuff. 
I still don't know who's the heel between Charlotte and Rhea. No fucking clue. And I think there was a spot where R-Truth lost the 27 title, 7-11, I-95, uh, yeah, all that shit. So, yeah, there you go. Let's move over to the next night, shall we? We had some pretty big wrestling events, I would say, out of the shows. Uh, the first being NXT, who had a little bit of a, uh, a flare of, 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 of pay-per-view-ness with the Great American Bash. I love the opening uh, with, with Dusty Rhodes and, you know, kind of paying tribute to him and his contributions to not only making the great American bash, but being a huge person, uh, with, you know, both the previous company, I forgot it's F FCW or whatever. And that, especially the beginning of NXT. Um, so that was nice. Uh, but the match, the first match opening up Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher versus MSK. I really, thought these two bruisers were going to end up winning Chris. And I was kind of like a little bit taken back that MSK won, but it really does make sense. You know, if you think about it, because, um, MSK just got the titles. They definitely in this situation, this weren't, this wasn't the M impact fans. They were used to that love the, uh, the little rascals. Uh, this was a NXT crowd. So they were definitely cheering for, Toothless Timmy and Tommaso Ciampa, especially, which it was good to hear some energy uh, going Ciampa's way. He's still definitely one of the big stars on this show. But MSK went over. It was a it was a pretty damn good match. Um, you know, at the end we had Carter run and leap off the stage, uh, off the ring steps, and uh, but Thatcher knocked him out of the air with a big uppercut. Thatcher and Lee. Are legal now. Ciampa with the fairy uh, tale ending on Lee. Thatcher applies the ankle lock, but Carter runs in and levels Ciampa, knocking him into Thatcher to break the submission. Lee takes advantage of the chaos and rolls up Thatcher for the pin and to retain. Um, I would definitely, if I were them, and since the fact that there is a takeover the weekend of SummerSlam, um, I'm assuming that they might call out the whole roll-up as kind of BS and that they can actually, you know, can you actually beat us, beat us sort of thing. So if they wanted to extend this, they could, but pretty damn good match. MSK is a really good tag team. They are super baby face and they were getting booed for a while there. So they're going to have to win over that crowd. And it doesn't help that you're going against one of the most over guys in NXT. But uh, how'd you like the match, Chris and the opening uh, with dusty Rhodes? I thought it was a great opening and I thought it was a great opening match. The match was, um, I, I mean, I expected this to be really good, but it kind of exceeded my expectations. If that makes sense. The only thing I didn't like was the roll up finish, like either give them a clean finish or, or don't. Um, and the other side of that is just like, what other tag teams are there right now? I guess you're just going, they're going to go straight back to this. So we're going to get more of this match. And I just feel like a lot of WWE, I see the same matches over and over and over again, unfortunately. There's only two tag teams I could see challenging anytime soon. Um, other than Thatcher and Champ. And you would think they would go back in that direction, but that's the Grizzled Young Vets, who's always been like the third tag team out of those three that have been popping up for title matches or. You know, you try uh, Hit Row, 
with uh, Top Dollar and um, oh man, I'm I'm forgetting his name again. But uh, the members in their group, their tag team, maybe try to push them a bit. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens on Takeover. Yeah, I agreed. I I mean I I just feel like they're gonna carry this one out for way too long. They could. Unfortunately. And not only that, but when I when I see roll up, I see oh, they're just trying to extend it. Just like DQ most of the damn time, you know, that's what my brain goes to. Like, oh, the other team's gonna claim like blah blah blah, and that's just gonna be a reason to have another match and that's probably what it is with this one, too. All right, so we would have a... Was this a signing? Yeah, this was, this was the signing between um, Karrion Cross and Samoa Joe. I'll just read what the notes that I have right here. NXT General Manager William Regal is in the ring with his enforcer, Samoa Joe. Regal brings... Up the recent happenings between Johnny Gargano and NXT champion Karrion Cross, then demands they come to the ring right now. Music hits, and out comes Gargano by himself. We see members of security all around the ringside area. Gargano is fired up as Johnny Wrestling chants start up. Uh, out next comes Cross with no sign of Scarlet. Regal says he brought them here because things between them need to get settled. Gargano says Crust sucks. Uh, a you suck chance starts up. Gargano says he's been living rent free in Cross's head for weeks and he's living like the king because there's a lot of room in there. Gargano goes on about how Cross saw at TakeOver that that Cross is not to his level, which is why Cross tried to hit him with a car last week. Gargano says Cross is afraid of him and Regal announces Gargano versus Cross for the NXT title next week. Cross isn't thrilled. He dismisses the idea he's afraid of Gargano. He goes on and says they are not alike, and he has more than sized advantage over Gargano. Cross says he thinks about the same three things every day when he wakes up, never lose the NXT title, one day main event WrestleMania, and one day become the WWE champion. Cross says Gargano thinks he's going going to think he's going to do all those technical moves, but this is a real life, and in real life, people like Gargano don't beat people like Cross. Cross says it looks like Gargano put on a pair of his wife's jeans. Regal announces that Joe will be the special guest referee next week. Gargano loves this idea. Gargano goes to exit the ring and says he will see Cross next week. Gargano says it's funny Cross said something about his wife's jeans because Cross couldn't even lace his wife's boots. Cross says, why wait until next week? He goes to approach Gargano, but Joe steps in front of him. Fans pop up as Joe and Cross face in the middle of the ring, and Samoa Joe smiles at Killer Cross. Uh, I thought it was a good promo. I didn't think it made your champion look good. I don't know why we're we're dumbing down, not the mystique, but the toughness of, of uh, carrying Cross that we kind of do in a lot in these promos. I don't like calling him out for not being the best wrestler, which is an internet thing. Like there, there's certain aspects I didn't like, but Gargano was on fire with a lot of stuff that he said. I like this new cocky version of him. 
and it looks like it's going to be forced, if anything, and he's kind of playing with it into a babyface direction. So I don't know if that's going to work out with Candace, but at least with Johnny, I'm getting that people want to cheer for him. He's Johnny Gargano, you know, uh, Johnny Takeover, what have you. But obviously Johnny's going to lose to Killer Cross, but I think they're building it up pretty good, and they should have a damn good match. This will be a good test for Cross coming up this week, Chris. Yeah, it's just hard for me to care because he's talking about living rent free and he's gotten his ass kicked by Cross every time they've had any <laughs> that's, interaction. That's a good point. <laughs> like, how are you living rent free in someone's head if they've just been whipping your ass week after week? I would call that your pay. You're, you're definitely paying rent, bud. Um, but yeah, like, I, whatever. It was Gargano trying. Gargano is still trying to be a heel, so we cut a heel promo on Karrion Cross, who is also a heel. The storyline itself is just weird. Like, they've got too many balls up in the air, and they're not really giving me any reason to care about the match, especially knowing that Gargano is probably going to lose here. So that's that's how I felt about the segment. The promo work inside of the segment itself was fine. Just the content of what was said didn't really do anything for me. Yeah, I feel you on that. And is it just me or is Johnny channeling uh Pre-DX, but that time period, basically when he became a champion, Shawn Michaels, when he was a cocky babyface, you know, the one that would talk shit to Vader after fucking up or that situation, because... I mean, I guess, but Gargano's not a champion, and he's... It's just no, weird. no, 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 I'm just talking about personality-wise. Yeah, I mean, I guess. he He's definitely trying... I think he's trying to be a heel in a situation where he's not a heel because the fans don't like carrying cross. So it's just weird all around. And he's still tied up with Austin theory and, and Candace. So it's just going to be what it is. I'm sure they'll have a fine match, but like, don't ask me. I like, no, they shouldn't ask anyone to actually care about this. If I'm being completely honest, it's, it's smart. The this is itself. a, uh, an NXT show as opposed to a takeover. Well, this this was just the contract signing. They're doing the isn't the actual championship match on? Did I miss this? Was it on the show? No, no, no. It's coming up on. I'm saying it's going to be on the show this week. Okay. On NXT. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So gotcha. it's good to have it on NXT as opposed to a, uh, you know, the next takeover at SummerSlam. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that I agree. I thought you meant it was on this show. I was like, what? I get I confused keep... with all these damn. Can we stop having mini pay-per-views or whatever the hell we're doing? <laughs> Why are you giving shows titles? Can they just can it just be a weekly episode of NXT and a weekly I think all episode the, of AEW? I, w- I want all the pay-per-views besides the big ones to be called Great Balls of Fire or or maybe In Your House Great Balls of Fire. All of them. Just yes. Name them all. <laughs> and AEW can name them AEW Super Dynamite. There you go. Do you do you think they'll ever do another Great Balls of Fire? You think they'll ever pull that one out of the? <laughs> I don't know. Out of the graveyard. That's what NXT should do. <laughs> is pull that one out. I mean, you know, we all hated it and, and clowned on it, but it still was the most ridiculous name for a fucking pay per view. So, <laughs> therefore, it holds up in our hearts. And isn't that the one that Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar had their fucking awesome brawl that that Samoa Joe should have won? Yeah, that is that was the main event, Samoa Joe versus 
Brock, and it only went like seven minutes looking at the card. I just pulled the card up. It only went seven minutes? It only went seven minutes. There was a 30-minute Iron Man match for the Raw Tag Team Championships against uh, Cesaro and Sheamus versus the Hardy Boys on that same card. We had to watch uh, that pay-per-view. I'm not going to watch Great Balls of Fire. What the fuck am I talking about? Jeez. The 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 eighth match on the show was Heath Slater versus Kurt Hawkins in a singles match, and I have no idea how they got there. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Enzo and Cass had a five minute match on this show. That one I I could see, but <laughs> some of this was some of these matches. Uh, Braun Strowman Roman Reigns ambulance match. So building up to that would have been uh, Braun flipping Roman in an ambulance. That was on this uh, on that show. <laughs> yeah, just good times, man. Back back when Braun was, well, Braun. All right, let's move on to NXT's next match. We had the uh, million dollar title match, Cameron Grimes, LA Knight. Thought these guys had a very good classic style ladder match. Um, just excellent stuff. Uh, and then this match I thought was a really good singles match. I mean, uh, you know, uh, there would be a lot of uh, good stuff with Grimes. Um, I just thought he was fearless in this. I love that Poison Rana. I never thought I would see Eli Drake take a fucking Poison Rana. But I got to say, I was right. And I think it will be good television. And I think this will lead to TakeOver where... The Butler shit will will end, and he'll be able to get his revenge from LA Knight. Uh, a lot of people are projecting to get Ted DiBiase Jr. involved in this, so that would be kind of interesting <laughs> if they try to do that. I don't know if I really need it, but with Cameron, I think that he is going to have that belt. It's going to be at Takeover, and we're going to get some uh, interesting segments. But it's it's good because. He doesn't need it. It's not a real fucking title. This does build and actually help out LA Knight, I think, and build him more than what he was. And uh, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Right? Right? And, uh, yeah. Cameron Grimes. Still uh, over his, Cameron Grimes is still over as fuck, though. Let me just say that. Yeah, he is. I don't necessarily like him losing here and them continuing the storyline. But I get it. They're going to keep going with it. So it's fine. The Butler stuff, I guess, will be funny. We'll see how they do it, I guess. It might be degrading, Chris. He might have to actually rub his toes. I guess. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> I said the same thing about the, uh, what the hell? when they, Didn't they do this with Miro recently in AEW? The same storyline with uh, one of the best friends? Yeah, but I wasn't invested at at the uh, you know in that at all compared to this. That was right. chuckle fuck, which I I don't mind being a uh, accessory of dumb bullshit because that's what he usually does. I just don't know that the Butler angle actually works unless you build it up better and like do a contract like where you have to sign a contract afterwards and there's some legality if you don't do it you get fired they never do that they're just like oh you lost so just by your word now you have to be my butler because like if i just lost to someone and there was no contract tying me to do that i'd just be like okay (laughs) yeah what if it was austin like what i'm not gonna be what nope not happening 
But I mean, it's it, at least it is Cameron Grimes. He's a little bit of a goofy character. I just, you know, it's fine. We didn't move this along. I feel like they're going to drag it out till SummerSlam. Yep, looks like they are. All right. Uh, let's keep on going. And then we had the women's uh, tag team title match, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark against the Way. And in this, and it looks like they're not going to be able to have a follow-up, I guess maybe one on the next show or two. But the whole thing that happened at the end of it is Tegan Knox appeared. Uh, the fans went wild. LeRae was shocked. Shirai comes from behind but has to kick Hartwell away. As she flies off the top, Shirai drop kicks both champions, sending LeRae out of the ring to the corner and start tags in and hits her finisher on Hartwell for the pin to win the titles. And then the dismay of what's going on with um, losing the titles for LeRae. She's freaked, She's pissed off. But then she looks at Tegan Knox, and then Tegan Knox chases her. Uh, Shirai and Starker handed their belts. They stand tall in the middle of the ring, and they celebrate. But, yeah, I don't know what – is this a situation where all of a sudden Vince is like, Tegan Knox, who is she? She's going to be on the main roster. Like, they kind of had her – was this her getting her comeuppance for what happened before going, or was this a situation where they're going to be screwed a little bit? I have absolutely no idea. I don't know that they had an idea that they were going to get called up, honestly, or at least not this week, just based on how this was booked, like you were saying. Um, how do you feel about Zoe Starks, man? Like, seems like they're booking her to the moon so far. She's a damn good in-ring wrestler, and she's tough. I like her. Okay. Yeah, me too. I mean, it just seems like they're moving very fast with her, and now she's... I don't know that I would have put her in attack. Well, you got to understand, man, it looks like, you know, at least three of them now, it looks like a couple of the, the bigger names are kind of getting pulled up top, so they got to, like, fill those spots, I guess. Yeah, no, I get that. I just don't... Do we need the NXT Tag Women's Tag Championship then if you're pulling up people to the main roster and not refilling those spots? No, we need we need just one set of tag belts uh, across all brands. There's no reason for fucking two sets of titles. It's stupid. Yeah. But NXT could use it, but more so than the main roster. They actually have a large women's division and shit, and they actually make tag teams most of the damn time. Like or you, WWE, uh, on the main roster, it's like, oh, wait, we got this tag team. They're an actual tag team. You're getting fired. Never mind. <laughs> and they break them up or, or fucking, you know, the Iconics, uh, what, Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot. If they're an actual tag team, they're not accessible. We got to force them two people together and make it weird. <laughs> yeah, nope, agreed. Uh, but I like Zoe Stark so far. I just, I don't know. Is she is getting an Uber push. You're going to break up and then... I mean, they're definitely put her with EO for the rub, but there's no other tag. They just broke up the only other tag team that matters in NXT, so essentially. I mean, unless they're just going to redo. I don't know. I have no idea what the hell comes out of this match. I like the match. I thought the match and, itself was pretty good. Yeah, me too. And I also do want to see a more prominent role. Like, speed up Ty Valkyrie. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
if I were to say between her and Zoe Starks, who I think one debuted at least on television two weeks afterwards, I kind of wish that they gave this super push to her because uh, I find her extremely entertaining, comfortable on the mic, good heel, good in the ring, and also a good-sized opponent, but agile. Like I think that she has a lot going for her. We obviously have known she's in the industry for a while. It would have been nice to see her get this, or at least I would start pushing her to that level and making her a strong competitor. She's someone that you can, I think, rely on a bit more because of experience. I could see that for sure. Um, I guess they're still in the midst of trying to figure out who's going to be the next EO, right? Like, who do you think that might be? Who's going to fill that role? um, I think they could do a Finn Balor thing in the meantime, if they had to, by putting it on Ember Moon. Since she's already had the title before, she's kind of an NXT homegrown person's, you know, been off and on there for a while so if they want to make her the champ they could um if we're talking about building towards one of the next stars that can hold down the women's division for a while i think it is going to be at least it looks like uh between uh the two people we we're just talking about or at least i was with tyre valkyrie i forgot what the fuck her new vicky vale what the hell is it it's like a batman girlfriend fucking name but um tyre valkyrie and uh and um, uh, Zoe Starks. I think either one of them are going to be built to being the next champion to hold it down for a minute. Unless I'm forgetting someone. No, I mean, unless they decide they're going to push like Mercedes Martinez or something. Well, yeah, that's uh, that. that's a good point. All right. Uh, the last match was a very aggressive, very good technical i will give this is the reason why honestly and i don't know if you made it this last time but slowly adam cole is becoming one of my favorite top what wrestlers to watch in matches besides the fact that he's one of the best on the mic to me right up there with kingston and mjf um he's incredible in the ring man and it's not just he's got that and when i say this i'm not comparing them as as wrestlers per se, but he's got that Bret Hart ability to be able to work with pretty much whatever guy and give them a good match, no matter what he's better at reflecting as opposed to, and it's, and it goes great both ways, you know, a Ric Flair or maybe even a Kenny Omega where they're going to give him a great match, but they're going to make sure that they get their signature spots in to, but they're still going to elevate them. This is kind of just a guy that can bounce off of anyone and change their style to cater towards the, the other person's, and Kyle O'Reilly is kind of a difficult guy to work off of unless you're known for your technical abilities. And I thought that it was about that for a majority of the beginning of the match. But then when they just started doing, I mean, these guys kicked the living hell out of each other. And even though I, it's getting to the point where I'm caring less and less uh, for their feud, I cannot say that their matches aren't pretty damn good. And I'm sure there's going to be a third one. I'd like to see Adam Cole more prominent in possibly picking up that title again, uh, if I'm going to be honest. But just good stuff, man. At the end of it, Cole would go for the Panama Sunrise, but O'Reilly slammed him to the mat by his arms. Cole kicks out Kyle's knee uh, a few times. Cole goes back 
to the second rope for the Panama Sunrise, but Kyle meets him midair with a knee strike to the chest, which also hurts Kyle. O'Reilly goes down holding his knee. Cole takes advantage and hits the Panama Sunrise and the last shot for the win. Great sell job by Kyle O'Reilly, just looking completely bewildered from that Panama Sunrise before he gets annihilated. And after the match, Cole recovers and stands tall. As his music hits, we go to replays. O'Reilly tries to recover as Cole celebrates and looks on. The NXT American Bash goes off air. My biggest critique with this, and it's going to be said every single fucking time, you kept the Shield music on Roman Reigns for whatever fucking reason for, like, what, four years? Five years after the damn group, he kept it. If anyone kept the Undisputed Era music, it should have been Adam Cole. This fake rip-off one doesn't really work. And the fact that he doesn't have room now for the, you know, Adam Cole baby. Like, it just, it's, he just had such perfect music. He was so confident with it coming out. This new one just sounds fucking dumb. And I am going to complain about that because it sounds generic and like a ripoff of the old one without all the great qualities. I would understand if the fucking song said the words Undisputed Air in it, but it didn't. And Cole was the leader. It was his fucking group. There's no reason why he shouldn't have that music. It just goes perfect for him. If he goes to Maine, give him the fucking music that he had. I don't know why they changed that. It's going to bother the living hell because it's not a licensing issue uh, like some things have been. It's completely different. So... I don't know. How'd you like the match, Chris? Thought it was a very good match, but it's also another one of those matches I feel like I've seen a lot. Um, th- I wouldn't say this is the best one they've had, but it was really, really good. I like the finish. It makes sense that Adam Cole get a strong win here because I, I'm assuming that he is the next in line again to go against Karrion Cross after he beats Gargano, just because they haven't built anyone else up. Unless they're going to pull the wool over her eyes and have him go against Samoa Joe, which they've been teasing. I feel like that could be happening. Which I'm fine with. I'd love to see Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. Completely fine with that. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be one of those two things. I don't know what this means for Kyle O'Reilly. I feel like his, uh, his run at the top has kind of ran its course at this point. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I don't know. Um, God, Adam Cole versus Mojo would, would be fucking awesome. What about a third match? I mean, are they? When do you think they should do the rubber match? Because I think they should wait. Because I'm kind of sick of Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole in a match. Well, that's the thing is they've been not only have they been in you know the the two single matches they've had, but they've also been in a bunch of like three ways and five ways and I don't know. I've, I feel like I've seen those guys wrestle a lot. Since they broke up, which wasn't that long ago. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I I just, I would give it a little bit of of breath. Um, Maybe Kyle Riley Riley can go wrestle Kushida for the Cruiserweight title or something. Do something different for a little bit and then then come back. uh, You could put, you could pair Roddy with him since Roddy's trying to get that group over that they have. You know, with Stokely Hathaway, he is a good manager. Maybe build a feud between Kyle O'Reilly as a babyface and Roddy as his new aggressive heel I, MMA guy. I don't know what the fuck they're going for, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, this kind of comes back to what you were saying earlier, but if there's no undisputed error, then why the hell does Adam Cole need to switch music? Ugh. 
like if they would have stayed together as a group, then maybe you could make the argument, you know. <laughs> but since they broke up, no one is using the music, so why not just have them use the damn music? I don't know. All right, let's uh, continue. We're going to go on to Thursday night. Pretty damn good uh, NXT, though. I, I liked all the matches. They were good. Um, looking forward to at least an entertaining match between Johnny Gargano and Karrion Cross. But let's leave NXT Wednesday night. We got the Great American Bash. And it was a Great American Bash. Um, we would start in Miami. This is the first match now on the road. They're doing smaller arenas, but it's due to what their restraints are. So we're going to be seeing that probably for them for a minute until they can get everything back in order. But uh, we start off with a South Beach strap match with Cody Rhodes going against QT Marshall. Now, I know that they try to make this the Road Rager. So it was another one of those, just like NX, or NXT just did, a mini pay-per-view. Um, and it is the first one of them on the road, but you know, did QT Marshall really get a lot out of this whole entire feud besides this group of, I don't even know where the fuck Anthony Agogo went. I guess he got hurt too much from, from Cody. I, I, I don't know. He had to go back to London town. Um, this is London town. Uh, anyways. Uh, um, so he's now got Nick Camarado, which I think has a lot of potential. Um, yeah, I I, I, uh, I don't know. He's now uh, Tony Soprano because that was Tony's idea. And uh, they had a strap match. It was a good strap match. It was classic style where you have to hit all four uh, corners in order to win. And uh, Cody won with the Cody Cutter. Um, I don't think the match was bad or anything like that. Uh, in the match, there was a time period where all of a sudden the lights went off and went on. And we were like, what the hell? Uh, but that would be addressed later on, and they were trying to play it off that there's been bad weather due to the hurricane coming in, so it, that might have had something to do with it. So it was very believable. So I'll give them. But I mean, I just this is, this was the blow off. I'm I'm hoping that now that Malachi is in AEW, that we're going to get a substantial feud for Cody going forward. I was hoping we'd get that with him in Pentagon, since how heated they got that thing started, not to just have a match a week later and throw it away. I want to see Cody back on this fucking product in a program. I know when he was TNT champion, he wrestled every fucking week and wrestled anyone and any, everyone. And then he went over and did some stuff for the company and he's an EVP. I get that. But it's now time for Cody to have an actual feud. And I don't really know how much this did good for QT Marshall. Then again, I'm sure QT likes the fact that he has a little bit more character dynamic and he really is the coach for Cody's gym, getting new wrestlers ready for AEW, and the guy writing the show with Tony Khan. So he's got some bigger stuff, so I get that. But uh, what do you think? It was a good strap match. Uh, it was it was uh, fun. Uh, but for a blow-off, did this do anything for QT Marshall? And should Cody have definitively beat him like he did? Yeah, I mean, Cody definitely should have definitively beat him just because it's QT Marshall and who gives a shit. Uh, <laughs> match itself was fine i think hopefully they realize that the the qt marshall stuff is not working and they're going to take a step back on it because i don't know that anyone is excited about what they're doing with that guy or the storyline or with cody and i'm not trying to be mean to the guy but like 
this has been one of the weaker things on this entire show for the past few weeks, or I guess past couple months. Yeah. I uh, would have to agree with you, but now it seems like we're going in a very, very different direction. So, but we'll get to that once we get there. Um, all right. So next we had Don Callis. Oh, no, no, no. That's right. Sammy attacked the shit out of uh, the chairman, if you will. Uh, he was backstage uh, just doing some stuff, and he just nailed him with the, with the chair. And so it looks like we're setting up a match between the two of them. I don't care about these pairings anymore, Chris, with the with the pinnacle and the uh, – I was about to call them the New Day, but that's definitely not it. New edition. What the fuck's the name? Undisputed Arrow. No, that's not it. Uh – what, 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 what's Jericho's name? The fucking group? Inner, inner, in the Inner Circle. <laughs> so I don't care about Inner Circle and uh, Pinnacle anymore. I'm kind of wanting it to wrap up. It looks like we're getting more and more of it instead, which the only one I'm actually looking forward to is FTR with Tully against Prime Powerful with Conan. Just the tag team between the two of them. Other than that, I just don't give a shit. Gotta be honest. Yeah, I, I, you had Sammy Guevara have that great match with MJF the week before, and now he's back feuding with Sean Spears, who is is Sean Spears. <laughs> so this whole segment just was for Sean Spears to get a chair thrown at him because he is the quote-unquote chairman. Um, is the chairman like on the same level of amazingness that Paul Roma was towards the Four Horsemen? No. Um and also, you're, you're like, no, Paul Roma was actually better than the Four Horsemen. No. <laughs> uh, you remember La, La Parca? <laughs> I do, L.A. Park, man. Uh, yeah, L.A. Park, he's the chairman. I hope he shows up and fucking kills Sean Spears. Oh, my God. Can we have a match with L.A. Park? I mean, they're doing stuff with AAA, and he's the biggest <laughs> fucking legend there still. I think Blue, Blue Demon's done. I'm pretty sure Dr. Wagner's done. Yeah, man, we need L.A. Park versus Sean Spears. The the actual chairman versus the fake chairman. Um, in, the in fake chair, chairman. In a chair fake on a pole sting. match. <laughs> in, in a chairman on a pole, bro, match. I'm in chairman <laughs> on a chair, bro, match. I mean, a chairman, Matt, uh, damn it. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, all jokes aside, yeah, I'm kind of done with this as well. But, I mean, they are trying to wrap it up. They're building up to the one last Jericho versus MJF match. Then once that happens, hopefully we'll be done. Hopefully. And then it's like Sean – or no, what? Wardlow gets the win tonight, I'm pretty sure, right? We're going to get there anyways. Uh, but Jake Hager beat him beforehand, so it looks like they're going to want to have another match to round that out. So we have another MJF-Chris Jericho match. Now Jericho has to beat every member of the fucking Pinnacle, or whoever he picks, maybe not the members of the Pinnacle, uh, to get to him, four other people. And then Chairman versus Sammy Guevara and FTR. At least there'll be a definitive tag match between two of the best tag team in the companies that for some reason have barely had any tag team matches this fucking year so that's 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 the only one that's the only silver lining i can i can think of is that well we're gonna get ftr versus fucking pride and powerful hopefully sometime soon just the two of them yeah 
Yeah, I agree. That'll be what, that'll watch it. Watch them make out. it like a tornado tag hardcore match or something. So no, just do a fucking tag match. The hell. I mean, I'm cool with it as if Conan comes out with a uh, LAX and and you get some in between with him and Tully. That'd be fun. I hope they keep Conan in for this for the rest of the time. I really do. Actually, yeah. he probably shouldn't have been there tonight. He, sh- he probably should have sold that fucking Spike Pal driver. And then come back whenever they do the actual tag match, but whatever. <laughs> I agree with you on that. Maybe right, they're so, trying to figure out if they want to put him with Andrade or not, which is what they should actually be doing with Conan. That's a good point. Oh my god, if Conan was with him instead of Vicky, hell yeah. Don Callis and Kenny Omega uh, come out. Same thing, basically. You know, you don't there's nothing for Kane to do further. He's beaten everyone. Same type of premise as the week before. Uh, there is notably a You Got Fired chant uh, towards Don Callis, which is crazy that the majority of the AEW crowd, or unless people just started, like, you know, doing it because other people were doing it, knew uh, a main thing that just happened on Impact where Don Callis got publicly fired from Scott Demore and Tommy Dreamer. So that was uh, interesting that people are keeping up with it. So I guess AEW is doing something for Impact, is what I'm assuming. But, uh, you know, people started chanting, we want Hangman. Evil Uno comes out, um, says some stuff. Kenny asks him what the capital of Thailand is. It's a Bangkok. I don't know how people would not know that anymore, but whatever. Gets kicked in the balls, is laughing. Uh, and then the good brothers are about to fuck him up and Adam page comes out and we have a part where he takes out both members uh, of the good brothers and, uh, Don Callis floods and then looks like he's going to do the buckshot lariat to Kenny gets right in his face and that's it. So they're, they're, they're building this and I do think it's going to take place at all out in September, but still, um, Hangman hey Page, everyone was worried. Will he have the same? It's kind of like, in a lot of ways, how Drew McIntyre with WWE, and we'll we'll see how big of an a, a reaction he gets when we get back on the road. But Adam Page was kind of that guy for AEW. Will the audience still care about him? And they kind of depleted him a bit, uh, turning him into a, a super drunk, and then he gets over it and meets these weird friends from Oz or wherever the fuck the Dark Order comes from, and they're his buddies. Um, but, you know, throughout all of this, we're, I think we're going to get Kenny Omega versus Adam Page. And I wouldn't be surprised, like I've said a bunch of times, I could be wrong, but based on how the audience is reacting to him, at least right now, what they had at Daily's Place the last couple weeks, and then this show, if it continues, I think Page could be the guy to take that title off of Kenny. So that's still my uh, theory. What, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, he has to be the guy. He's the only person they've built. Unless they're going to keep it on Kenny Omega into next year. I don't know. Unless you want to torture him with the new Malachi Black, but then you once again you have heel on heel. Yeah. Probably, probably going to build him a bit. You could bring back Moxley, I guess. If you're Moxley's not feeling conf- If you're not feeling confident. And, uh, I mean, your three choices to me. Just because you're going to need to build, I mean, well, I guess if Andrade wins the Triple H Championship, um, 
then maybe there's some fuel there. But I mean, the the four guys that I look at and go, okay, these are the guys is probably Andrade, Eddie Kingston, uh, Moxley, and Hangman. Yep. Malachi Black, I mean, we're just going to have to see how they built him. Because I feel like they would set him up in a feud with Darby Allen and Sting, probably. Or Lance Archer, maybe. Lance Archer. I feel like there's a few people they would put him in just to give him some strong wins before they... Him and Pac! Him. Oh my god, have him and the fucking bastard Pac have a feud. That'd him and Penta? Oh! Yeah, there is some people that are good to bounce off uh, Mr. Malachi Black. Yeah, and I mean, it's not, you know, it's nothing against him. Like, I think that he's a big get for them, and he's going to be really cool. We'll talk about his debut a little later. Uh, but I think it's just one of those things where he needs some strong wins, especially if you're looking at Adam uh, Page, who hasn't lost. And, like, <laughs> when's the last time he's Ever. lost? They've given him a huge undefeated streak. I think that outside of uh, MJF, he's the next, the next longest winning streak. Yeah, I believe so. Well, um, I don't know, but uh, it, it does look like we have directions that we can go. And if Adam Page becomes a champion, there's other directions now because you completely flip it with babyface versus heel. So we'll have to see what happens, but definitely think this is going to slowly burn into all out. But we will see. Let's keep on going. We were talking about this FTR and Wardlow versus Jake Hager and Santana and Ortiz. We can just get down to the ending. Wardlow uh, gets tagged in and enters the ring and begins uh, duking it out with the MMA and pro wrestling crossover star. The trade punches for what seems like forever and then begin mixing things up. Hager gets Wardlow in the ankle lock, which brings FTR into interfere. They hit the big rig and Wardlow slides in to score the pin. Uh, winners FTR and Wardlow, and this was a match full of uh, full of some shenanigans. You know, uh, basically everyone else it, FTR took out Pride and Powerful before this happened, so kind of a blow uh, in their war against the Pinnacle. Uh, but you know, uh, yeah, what did you think about this match, Chris? Thought it was really good. If, if the story is to continue building each of these individual feuds, but much like you, I kind of want to see it wrapped up. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm completely with you. I, I will say at least the difference is they're giving us variations of these matches each time, as opposed to WWE, where it's just like seemingly the same match. Like how many times have we seen Big E versus Apollo? I think, I, I think I had the number at like 14 last time. Ugh. I counted. God damn. And, and no variation, not them throwing them into tag teams or anything. At least we're seeing some variations in the matches and match types. But uh, I am tired of this, too. So <laughs> take that for what it is. I completely agree. All right. Uh, we had the two leaders of those teams have a nice little meeting. We already talked about fan that came in, but I, I have the whole write-up, so we'll just talk uh also, thank you, Wrestling Headlines, as always, for providing your little breakdowns that don't go too fucking long and in detail like some other websites. But uh, seriously, all the damn ads just screw it up constantly, so screw you guys at the same time. Anyways, as we head to the break, or back from the break, MJF is headed to the ring for the face-to-face showdown with Chris Jericho for the, the, the stipulations uh, for them to have another match uh, in the ring. 
When we return, Chris Jericho makes his way down to the ring as the fans sing along his theme song. As he settles into the ring, that's when the fan jumped in uh, from the apron, uh, and he decks him uh, just as the camera pans away to avoid showing it. Hello, Jericho's like, no, fuck this. Whoa! Right in the face. You can see all the uh, different videos of this idiot getting punched all over Twitter. Uh, camera comes back, and we hear MJF dare anyone else to try to get in the ring, promising they will receive the same fate. Jericho says he should have let the fat man beat MJF's ass. MJF takes a seat at the table, place in the ring, and taunts Jericho. Jericho fires back at MJF, MJF telling him that he will do whatever he wants, regardless of what's said. He says he'll even bang MJF's mom again. MJF gets up and then sits down and vows he won't lose his cool. He then begins uh, his long-winded promo talking about the history of the Demo God and the ratings ruler. First stipulation MJF announces is four matches against four opponents in stipulation bouts that Jericho must win uh, in order for MJF to go against Jericho. MJ, uh, MJF, he was comparing it to the five pillar or the five whatever of Hercules, uh, old Greek, Greek uh, myth tale in which Hercules had to basically make up the fact that he accidentally murdered uh, his children. Uh, under the spell of Hera, Zeus's wife, who was pissed off that Zeus banged some other chick. There was a lot of that in Greek mythology. Um, but yeah, he had to do five things. One, kill the Hydra, then the mean lion. There's a whole bunch of them. Check it out if you want. He asked Jericho is going to sign the contract. Jericho says if he can't beat MJF, maybe he doesn't belong in AEW. He tells him he accepts his challenge. He vows to ruin MJF's life. He signs the contract and then throws it at MJF. MJF tells Jericho that this isn't over yet. He says the deal isn't done until both parties shake hands. He yells at Jericho, who shakes his hand, and then gives him the Judas effect, uh, knocks him out. And uh, thought this was a pretty good segment. These guys are great on the mic. It's always going to be. Thought the Judas effect honestly looked a little weak at the end. But, I mean, it was kind of a awkward way to have to do it. Usually you have that thing at an angle camera-wise so it looks better. And it was kind of, like I said, handshake slowly into it. But that's, that's nitpicking. But I am sick of their feud, but these guys are great. Um, I am wondering about the opponents. It will be interesting if he picks some guys that MJF, since he has money, pays to go against Jericho. Like maybe it is a Lance Archer. Maybe he's trying to bane him, if you will. If you ever read Nightfall from Batman, Bane did certain things and had Batman deal with some of his biggest foes uh, that Bane caused to break him down mentally and physically so that Bane could come out out of nowhere and just break his back. So maybe that's what he's going for. Um, Should be good. Like I said, I'm just curious of who those people are going to be, if they're going to be a part of the pinnacle or not. And um, yeah, you know, don't don't try to jump out and, 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 and fight MJF. Because he will hit you, even though Chris Jericho actually did it. Chris. <laughs> yeah, I guess he didn't specify that it was all going to be members of the uh, the inner circle or pinnacle. So is this something where Malachi Black could come in and ruin this before it ever gets started for Jericho? He could pick certain people that, I mean, he could literally pick just like Rusev. Lance Archer, like all the big guys just destroying him and breaking him down every week if they wanted. Yeah, but I mean, they have to, but he has to win each of these matches, right? Yeah. 
That's the whole thing. And they're all going to be stipulation matches. Yeah, so if he doesn't win each of these, then that's uh, that sucks. I don't know how I like this. I mean, it kind of sets in stone that he's going to pick people that could lose to Chris Jericho. Yeah, so I mean, I guess it would mostly be people that have already lost to Chris Jericho, which would be people from his group. Maybe he pays Dean Malenko to fight him. <laughs> All right, this week you're going to go against Dean Malenko. Next week you're going to go against Lance Storm. Next week, <laughs> Ultimo Dragons flying in. <laughs> I'm 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 down with Lance Storm coming out of retirement to have a match with Chris Jericho, paid for by. Uh, MJF. I actually, what's Lance doing? It's not like he can't have one match, you know. Right now, he's just doing the Alvarez podcast, or the F4W podcast, as far as I know. He's probably still in super shape. Could have another match with his hands behind his back, you know. That's all I'm saying. Dean Malenko and yeah. uh, Ultimo Dragon are a little bit too old, I think, to be able to actually do it. Even though we were joking, obviously, but. Would it make more sense for it to be like a one night thing? Like they he has to beat them all in one night? Could be. Like I mean to me this has shades of the Chris Jericho. Like uh or not Chris Jericho, the uh Ric Flair type deal. Where like if you lose you're gone kind of thing. Yeah. So, whatever happens, I'm assuming MJF is going to get the better of him at the end, and that will be the end of the inner circle, at least for a while. I kind of hope so. Because they have to wrap this thing up somehow. You know, it's like, Chris could be great by himself, Sammy could be great by himself, whatever with Jake, and Prime Powerful can go with Conan. That's true. Yeah. Well, they don't even really need a manager, but if they wanted one, they could have one. Conan's just so great with them. I just love their, their work together. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All right, so uh, Miss Britt Baker talked a bunch of shit to Nyla Rose and said she was going to beat her, essentially. Uh, Andrade El Idolo and Matt Seidel. I like the, uh, the black mask outfit to the ring. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, it kind of makes me want... If he's Black Mask and Pentagon's the Joker, why don't we have the two of them go at it? But uh, that will be maybe in the future. A lot of people are hitting, you know, Andrade and saying that they're they're not really okay? doing him. They're not doing him well. Um, and I don't know if I essentially agree with that, Chris. I think that it's fine. It's it's like everyone was like, oh my god, they. They just did such a better job introducing Malachi than Andrade. And yeah, it wasn't as like shocking, but the fact that we were able to get Malachi when we thought that he was on a 60 day or a 90 day no compete definitely adds to shockingness. And, you know, he's going to be an opponent. He's going to go against some people and will probably build up. Um, but he had a good match with Matt Seidel, who even whatever level, mid Carter, Matt Seidel's, you know, legend of the last generation of wrestling. Good guy to go in ring with, and I'll lead a low. One. So, do you think that they're not doing that well with um, Andrade El Idolo uh, on AEW since he's been uh, there? I definitely don't think Vicky as a manager is helping. 
I will say that. I think that's the one weak point is that people just really don't like him with with Vicky more than anything else. Um, I wouldn't say that those are one for one though, comparing um, someone attacking Arn Anderson to someone having a match with uh, <laughs> Matt Seidel. The difference is that. Yeah. That they're going in a completely different direction with Malachi Black. He's not going to be feuding with Kenny Omega for the title at Triple Mania. You know what I mean? So they have to build up wins for Andrade. Um, where I don't know. I think it's just completely different. I hate the name Malachi Black, by the way. <laughs> I really do. Um, it doesn't roll off the tongue. I think that me and you, I really wish you went with uh, Alistair End. I think that would have been a really cool name. Yeah, I, I personally, I think was that the one I spit out last week. I think that's. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch more that you can come out, come up with that are better than what he went with. If you're looking, honestly, for if you're gonna go for Malachi, just go Malachi at that point. Like, why Malachi Black? It doesn't roll off the tongue at all. No one likes Malachi. He's the redheaded kid that gets fucked up at the end of Children of the Corn. That's what I think of Malachi when Isaac, yep. Isaac shows up and he's like Malachi. I want you, Malachi. Yeah, exactly. That's all I think of when I hear the name Malachi. So it does not sound uh, as intimidating as Alistair Black or Alistair End or or even Tommy End. I'll just go by Tommy End. Like, isn't it weird? We're about to talk about it anyways because it's the next segment up. Isn't it weird how I was like, oh, dude, he put up this video, uh, this really well done, you know, kind of. In the vein of like when Moxley put put up his video, but it was like a month before he actually showed up on a wrestling thing. Like yeah. I thought it was just that, you know, but it was really well done. It was creepy. It was weird. He murdered people. And then he showed up and it was like Malachi Black, Tommy and Malachi Black. Oh, OK. And I sent that to you. And then that night he fucking showed up on the show. I don't think anyone was expecting that. Yeah, I had no idea. And also, I didn't watch it until the next day. So. <laughs> <laughs> I had to like. Did you uh, do what I told you and stay off Facebook, or was uh, it ruined for you beforehand? No, I stayed off the Facebook. I watched it the next morning. Um, but yeah, it was it was a cool, cool little surprise for sure. But I, I mean, I don't. So think if anyone compare those two, like uh, Andrade and, and and Malachi Black, they're going in two very different directions. And also, Andrade, as far as I know, is not full time AEW. Yeah, he's he's one of the guys that can go half and half. Like, well, he's like Pentagon, I think, where he can work full time in AAA and also in WW or WWE and AEW. God yeah, I'm just I'm just assuming once they if he wins the AAA title back, he's not going to be in. He's not going to be in AEW as much. Well, if you built up a feud against him and Kenny or something. Well, you got to realize their champion and has been since before the pandemic has been Kenny. So. He could definitely still be a lot on AEW because that's exactly what Kenny did. Yeah, but I'm assuming that AAA eventually wants to have title matches on some of their shows. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Well, now they're they were they couldn't for the longest time, but I think Triple Mania is going to be the first. Or maybe they have started it up a little bit, but Triple Mania is going to really jumpstart their stuff. Just like Ring of Honor, after their pay-per-view, they'll be having live audiences, and I think Impact's doing the same thing. 
you know, it's so great that we're going to finally get it's dude. It's, it's the weirdest thing. I was thinking about this. I'm used to them not having an audience now that I'm not like now that it's happening slowly, but surely like it's, I'm forgetting that one needed element the most in wrestling. And that's the, the feed of the crowd, man. So I'm, I'm really happy. Everyone's getting their shit. MLW is about to start up on, on their, on vice with their show with an audience. Again, it's, Wrestling's getting back, man. Big way. It didn't die. Yeah, I mean, I think we knew it wouldn't die. I guess it's just very segmented more than I thought it was going to be. WWE's crowd died a lot. (laughs) We'll see if it comes back once they start touring. When are they starting to tour? SummerSlam the first? Don't they have a SmackDown at Madison Square Garden before uh, SummerSlam? SmackDown, um, I believe, unless it's they recorded, that was supposed to be the last one at at uh, the Thunderdome. So I'm pretty sure next week SmackDown is going to be the first one uh, in front of people. Yeah, which is from MSG. So that's going to be their first big one. And then SummerSlam is... That means Cena might show up next week. That's possible, yeah. That would make a lot of sense since they're doing a big MSG show. I mean, it wouldn't make a lot of sense since they didn't announce that Cena was going to be there, but it's WWE, so... Uh, that I think that's their first big live show back is at Madison Square, though. I think that, that's a little off-topic, but it's going to be interesting to see all these companies coming back in full force, and, and yes, wrestling is still going strong, just very segmented. I, I guess we're going to see how long this lasts with all of these different companies having different TV deals and... How many of them decide they need to band together, and, and does WWE buy? We already know they're trying to work with MLW. Do they end up buying something like MLW for TV rights or, or whatever? So it's it's interesting stuff. You know what? You just you just reminded me of something I wanted to ask you, not on air, but this is a good little part of a conversation. Um, since it looks like MLW. At least, if not buying out, you know, what I think initially before the pandemic happened, Triple H wanted to do this with Evolve and they were slowly trying to do it, but Evolve went under and they obviously bought them and got Gabe Sapolsky and now that he's going to be doing his thing eventually once they're able to start doing that. Um, with MLW, I think they're going to be trying to do the same thing where it'll be a relationship and maybe NXT kind of doing some stuff with MLW in the future. It definitely seems like Impact and AEW have a relationship, and obviously both companies can work with with AAA, and they've been using New Japan Strong, so they've been kind of... You made a comment. I want to change the direction of it. I feel like I don't want them to combine because I like specifically what they do, but should Ring of Honor and NWA kind of work together a bit to at least have some crossover maybe leading up to a pay-per-view in the future. It seems like they're both just by themselves. Obviously, NWA does stuff with AEW more in the women's division, but I think that they could have some really great matches um, and have some awesome pairings and kind of help each other out a little bit. Just food for thought. No, I agree with you, and I think that would be the right way for NWA to go in general to try to get on Sinclair uh, broadcasting 
on TV in general, because right now they're only through fight, right? Yeah. And they're not they're not doing are they they're not doing even they're not even doing a Twitch thing. They're just only through fight. It's like five dollars a month to watch them. Yeah. So uh, well, I mean, maybe that is the way to go for NWA. I don't know, it's hard to say, but yes, they should definitely be working with Ring of Honor and trying to do another one of those NWA tournaments soon. Yeah, I would love it, man. Um, they have a thin roster. Ring of Honor Ring of Honor has kind of rebuilt their roster in a way that's impressive considering we know some of the financial struggles that they have a lot of times and coming out of the pandemic, but it should be interesting stuff to, to say the least. Um, if those two get together, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that would, they're kind of the two outliers that make the most sense to kind of join hands because they're, to me, they're almost the closest in relation to the style of wrestling. Yeah. That they do, especially with the pure stuff or being, going on. Or it, it, even if, even if, all right, say Ring of Honor has a little bit more high-flying concepts or, or more even like technical in the sense of UFC and NWA is more the old-school style of wrestling. They care about rules. They really want to have time, you know, timed-out matches. Like, they care more about the specifics of professional wrestling in both those companies, more so, I would say, than any of the other American companies outside of maybe, obviously, New Japan, but that's over in japan well yeah new japan strong i guess would be the outlier as well but yeah they are seemingly working with aw at the moment so well i just thought that was interesting yeah for sure i i think that i mean i i really do hope they do another nwa tournament and can do talent sharing with our roh because there's a lot of interesting matchups there for sure that you can you can have i would love pope and lethal that would be a lot of fun. They could have some great promos. There's a lot of great pairings that you could do. Harken um, back to their time and TNA together. Yeah. <laughs> Even bring out fucking Black Machismo if you want. If you actually, you know, we were joking and saying this for AEW. If Jay Lethal wanted to just wrestle on Ring of Honor, but then go over there as Black Machismo and get in the title thing and pretend, you know, never mention it. Don't mention it on either shows. Just do that both. That would be kind of that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that would be a good time. But anytime Jay Lethal's in the building, it's a good time. He seems like such a nice guy. He just did an interview with Ryan uh, Satin, by the way. You check that out. Also, Chris Von Vliet, uh, hour and a half one, and he just seems like the nicest dude on the planet. Definitely recommend that interview. So, yep. He's, and he he admitted he's like the he's like the uh, the dude for Ring of Honor, and he wants to be that until he's done with his career. And great to them but if you can get some crossover stuff with them uh that would be great as well i just don't see him ever going to wwe ever but like we're saying with crossovers man i i hope we do see nxt and mlw do some stuff i hope we continue to see stuff with AAA and impact and a little bit of nwa but mostly AEW and messing around like they have been doing and even new japan and wwe i want to see all that shit want wrestling to get better and get more matches and get more popular and you know that's all that's that's all that matters don't be one of those dickhead fans that just needs one thing to do the best and everything else to die that's just dumb don't be dumb yeah i agree with you and i mean also think about it this way the more places there are to work the more wrestlers there are the better the talent gets so then when you look at the tippy top shows, they're all going to be grabbing from these different places like they already have. Like it's 
you want this thing to be a self-sustaining economy <laughs> or almost like a little system. I don't know. Just be positive. You don't have to watch all of the shows, but like, don't, don't pick one and then die on a hill, like branch out, enjoy different things. It'll make you a happier person. I promise. Yeah, absolutely. And there's not only an app that you can get, I forgot what it's called, but just search wrestling into, into uh, your fire stick or, or what have you, whatever the hell you have. And uh, it's all old school wrestling, like old, old 50s, 60s stuff. Go watch some old stuff, man. It's fun. It really is. I know it's in black and white, and maybe the younger kids can't do that. But for someone that was a part of the generation that still showed us black and white movies and shows from their time, it's a lot of fun to watch that. Because that's when, in the 50s, or in the 50s, you can find YouTube too. But in the 50s, if you find like a Vern Gagne or maybe even an Ed Lewis match, um, that's when wrestling was real. They just called the ending. So you got to actually see the inner workings of how wrestling was done back in the day, uh, much like boxing, to make it more interesting and what the fans wanted. Because you would have before that guys like George Hackenschmidt and Frank Gotch going on three hours in a fucking match because of how they do it and the fans leaving because they were so fucking bored after a while. So they had to intervene and go back to the carny ways. There's a little legend or legend lesson for you people out there i'm gonna shut up chris sounds good where the hell did we end up at on this i think i'm completely lost in my notes did we talk okay about well Cassidy? <laughs> so 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 we were we were actually kind of supposed to start actually talking about the alistair black thing it's Arn anderson came out tony shivani was like hey you know, you're 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 proud of your son. Yeah, I actually also have something to say. And then the lights went out again. It's like, oh shit! Did the did the weather this happen? Good way to set it up with that first match, specifically in Cody's match. That was actually very smart. Comes on, what the fuck, Alistair Black, who is now Tommy, and who, by the way, I love. I, I don't love. I'm getting more used to Excalibur, but once again, you could have mentioned that Tommy N just released this video ahead of Dynamite that this new character, or not character, but like this new persona of his is going to be called blah, 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 instead of like, that's not him. I fought him and blah, blah, blah. That's Malachi Black. Like, where, where? how would you know that? How would you know, Excalibur, that this is Malachi Black? But either way, kicks Arn Anderson in the fucking face, looks <laughs> evil as shit. Still going with the continuity that his eyes fucked up, which I kind of like, but the makeup thing, you're going to have to really devote yourself to that concept. So maybe, I don't know, that goes away, but he looked cool. He was in a suit. We don't know what he's going to look like while wrestling. Evil as shit. Doesn't say anything. Cody comes out, is more worried uh, that his Mickey, if you will, for him being Rocky, just got fucking knocked out, goes to Arn's side, is about to get up to try to like confront him, kick him in the face. And that is the debut of Malachi Black. We've already talked about the name not really fitting. I'm sure it will be probably harder, but like a similar. I'll, I got used to not having to call Dean Ambrose and call him John Moxley. So I'm sure I'll get used to calling him Malachi Black, but it doesn't roll off the tongue. But I love that Tommy End, Aleister Black, Malachi Black, whatever the fuck you want to call him, is here. And it looks like he's going to be a villain if they kind of mess with some of the color stuff, but still use that classic entrance he had. Oh my God, this is going to be great. I'm so happy. And he's a great 
character to mess with so you can build him with matches and not even have him go for the title for a minute. So I like this. Hey, WWE, you fucked up. And if he did get you by any chance with that stipulation that you didn't see and his wife is now working with you, you know, uh, kudos to him, man, because apparently they're not going to mess with his wife because they apologize for a lot of stuff. They're worried. They didn't like the fact that she was bringing this stuff to people's attention and shit like that and talk to Hollywood uh, with their with the way that they go about contracts and, and, and whatnot and where Andrew Yang was getting involved because of that whole entire thing. So I think they're not going to mess with Selena, Selena Vega. Uh, she's already in the TLC match coming right back in as a wrestler. Um, I think Malachi is going to go really high, man. I think he probably had the option of coming back to WWE, but... I don't even think they knew he was going to pop up there. So kudos to him, dude, for doing that. But uh, any other what, what, what last roundup statements about the former Aleister Black being now all elite? Yeah, I hate the name, but I guess this means him and Cody, and then probably oh, yeah. him and him and Arn's son. Or he's going to beat Arn's son, who's going to stick up for him like in the next couple of weeks and just destroy him. And just rip him to shreds. And then Cody. And then Cody. Yeah. And then we can go from another person, like we just said, Pac, Pentagon, uh, Lance. Uh, I mean, there's so many people that would be great pairings for him. Him and Rusev. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Miro. I think it's, I think it's good Darby. stuff. Darby. I, I hate the name. And uh, like you said, with Excalibur. Excalibur, like... Just yelling out people's names on their debut is almost as bad as WWE not knowing people's names. <laughs> of wrestlers from NXT that's a part of their fucking company and has a fucking show now in USA. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> but like, I mean, different, but like kind of the same thing, the same annoyance. Um, like, I don't know. What would it how much could you get sued for for saying Alistair Black one time? Would it be worth? He's like, isn't that isn't that Alistair and then just not finish his name? Or yeah, exactly. Or one of the other guys. Or Jim Ross could have been like, because he keeps up with the products of wrestling. He just watched wrestling in general. Isn't that Alistair? And then he could have shut him off. Like, no, that's Tom he's he's now Tommy N, but but Jim, he posted something. On social media, I, I didn't think it would show up on AEW tonight that he is now this new persona of evil, it looks like, called, you know, you can just, you can ham it up, but actually make sense while you're fucking doing it. Like, ugh. yeah, it just reminded me, and we're about to talk about the butcher, the, the blade, <laughs> the butcher, the buddy, <laughs> the, the butcher, the blade. <laughs> it reminded me of that. And then they then they're next. So it kind of like I don't know if he did that to poke fun at himself or or what. Uh, I don't know, but just just good stuff, man. You know, I'm a big Alistair Black, Mark, and uh, I I feel like the perception from people. I feel like Roman Reigns, probably The Undertaker, probably uh, Paul Heyman. They're just shaking their heads like you. Why the fuck did you fire that guy? Not a good idea. But what are you going to do? Um, trying to get back to my place. Sorry, my, my thing froze. So now I'm trying to get back to where we are. 
Well, I mean, the next matchup we had was Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander versus the Blade and the Bunny. Well, there was also that little exchange that was a pre-record of Ricky Starks with Brian Cage. Um, so they're they're having a match, basically. That's what it really comes down to. But it was funny when Ricky Starks uh, re- referenced uh, Brian Cage's wife, which pissed him off and made him come out there. So that was that was good. That was yeah, good when, did, when did Ricky Starks get security guards? Because basically Brian Cage just came down and beat up Ricky Starks' security guards. Well, and not only that, since he's now coming out of the group instead of Brian Cage, does that mean that Taz is going babyface? Like his group? I have it's no kind of idea. Confusing. I, this entire segment felt like it was just thrown together last minute. But his... He does have a beautiful wife. It's Melissa Santos, I believe. She was uh, the announcer on Lucha Underground. She works for Impact now, but um, you know you shouldn't be saying stuff about that guy. A guy that big, you really want to be that guy? Like, come on, dude. He, I, I hope it makes me <laughs> hope that Brian Cage rips your head off. So that's, I guess, what they're going for. I mean, Ricky Starks has not necessarily been the most intelligent person since coming to to the main roster of AEW Dynamite. No, he's he. You know, Ricky Starks is like the gangster in the group that's like the dumb one that ends up getting killed first, but talks shit the whole entire fucking movie. For sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like especially if you go back, and like watch in the a Tarantino film. Sting. Yeah, like if you go back and watch the feud with Sting and stuff, it's he's very much supposed to be kind of that guy, I guess. All right, so like you said, Cassidy Statlander versus the Blade, the Body. Um, <laughs> Orange Cassidy and Chris Sandlander won. I don't really remember a lot from this match. I'll just admit it. Uh, but I'm sure that it was fun. I do remember the beginning where Orange Cassidy tried to do the leg kicks to Alley. That was pretty funny. Uh, do, you, do you have anything to say about this match, Chris? It's only the second intergender tag. They the, the notes here said the only second intergender tag match they've done, but I'm pretty sure that Kenny Omega had one on the boat. So F4W, you're wrong. It's been three. Yeah. Didn't they do one on the Jericho cruise ship? Well, what's uh, the other one? Britt Baker. The other one is the Shaq match. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that would be the third one. Uh It was Riho and and, uh, Kenny Omega versus... Who'd they go against? I don't remember. But, yeah, that definitely happened, though. It's not. It's not every day you get to put one over on Meltzer. So I'm just going to point out. <laughs> hey, look, Uncle Uncle hey, Dave. You look, were wrong. I do a lot of stuff all the time. I've been battling Selena Vega online. I'm not really in a good mood. I might have just missed that. It's not a big deal. No, they had it listed as the second one, but uh, yeah, there's definitely been three of these. But they they try to go with a rule set, and I if you're going to do one of these, the entire point is the thought that you might have a female versus male wrestling moment in the match, um, which obviously I I just want to say, since I am for equal equality across the board, that the women should not be able to attack the men in this match because that is not right. And it's just accepted. And if the guys did it to a girl, it would just, it would be bad. (laughs) I don't know. I'm, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. I thought it was funny when Tessa beat fucking Brian Cage and Sammy uh, Callahan back to back to win the title. Well, what the hell oh. is the fe- what the hell is the feud about? Why are know. they Why are they even wrestling? Because the 
Butcher the Bunny and the Blade, they're with Matt. So is Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy feuding at the moment? Is that what's happening? I think so. Maybe. I don't know. I've I've completely blocked this out. Anyways, the fans were super behind Orange Cassidy the entire match. They just yelled freshly squeezed. Almost. He's another one. He definitely is part of that group of people that I said earlier. He's over. (laughs) He's over, man. And uh, yeah, Statlander got the win over Bunny. So was she at the Big Bang Theory and that was it, if I remember correctly? Yep. I don't know what to take out of this match. I mean, I, I don't know. Do I really want to see? I thought Matt was feuding with someone else, but I guess he's feuding. Oh, no, he's feuding with Christian. And he talked yeah, shit about him afterwards. Then why the hell does this match even exist? Because they just didn't really, they wanted to do something, man. It was fun, right? Because I don't remember a buildup with Statlander in the bunny unless they're going all the way back to when Statlander popped out of that damn... Popped out of that damn uh, claw machine or whatever. I don't know. But you know what I do know, Chris? What's that? Dan Lambert needs to be a full-time heel manager (laughs) of fucking wrestling. Like, if you guys didn't know out there, before we talk about the segment, Dan Lambert was on Impact uh, a couple years back. And he actually was, his, his American top team is an actual camp. Uh, great fighters like Jorge Masvidal, Amanda Nunez, who's one of the, if not the greatest female MMA fighter of all time, uh, came out of his camp. His coach, also manager, promoter, whatever, with them. Um, and Bobby Lashley was actually a part of his camp years ago. So they used that as a storyline to throw into Impact. He was great on the mic then when he was going against Moose. And uh, this was random as fuck, but. All right, the question, before I actually say what he said, was Dan Lambert supposed to be, and is he supposed to be in this if they build up to something with whoever? Obviously, Amanda Nunez and Jorge Masvidal don't give a shit about him. But uh, if if they're doing something with this, is he supposed to be Jim Cornette? The fuck if I know, man. I don't know what the hell this segment was about. This kind of came out of nowhere for me. It was so out of nowhere. It was like, oh. <laughs> by the way, it is, Ricky Morton says, quit grabbing the, the wrestlers or the uh, interviewers, mic." And I will say heels can do that, I think. But yeah, everyone needs to stop fucking assaulting Tony by grabbing his, grabbing the mic out of his hand. Maybe Tony should just shoot, hit one of them in the head with a microphone one day. <laughs> no, do like, like someone said, like, dude, if that was Mean Gene, Mean Gene would have like attacked him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, but uh, get your ass out of here. I mean, this was fine. He just kind of shit on AEW and said how how old school wrestling was so much better. Basically, it wasn't like the entire promo. And then I just didn't understand. Then he got jumped by Lance Archer. Yeah, and and that was. But like, you know, obviously he's also there because Dustin Poirier is a part of his his camp too. So he was building up that. I like that. It seems like they are trying to assemble some type of relationship with UFC, which I don't think WWE ever did that great of a job with besides Ronda Rousey. So I, I don't know, but uh, I don't know who the fuck would he represent? The only wrestler that used to be an MMA fighter that he used to represent is Bobby Lashley. Do they have someone that Dan Lambert's like, Hey, you guys should look at this dude. And they're thinking about going that direction for AW. So it, it makes me wonder where this is going. 
but it could be good or it could just be he was there he had a fucking thing and now he's going to disappear like Shaq did in the back of the uh the ambulance well i mean maybe it's going to be amanda nunez that would be awesome um because she was at that show yeah her and um jorge masvidal but i mean but they were in the audience he's getting his ass kicked and they're laughing about it i'm like why aren't they going for the fucking guardrails at least like just have security stop them they're yeah, like, and I, then you could have like amanda be like dude he's beating up her coach yeah maybe because they haven't locked down the details of that contract yet <laughs> that's the only thing i could think of yeah but, i mean amanda I also, is a complete fucking monster probably the greatest female ufc fighter yes of all time so uh, put, putting her in AEW could be like a Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey type thing. She doesn't have the same name appeal as Ronda does. No. Uh, as far as like cross media, but still be kind of cool. Uh, I'll even say also Masvidal, dude. He's one of my favorite shit talkers out of modern UFC fighters. So if he ever wanted to do a stint, but I mean, it would just be like a celebrity thing where they just have something happen at a pay-per-view. But hey, All Out's coming out. Who knows if they'll pull someone out of their ass. Uh, but Dan Lambert, man, he, he is a big fan of wrestling. He's obviously good on promos. He was doing like a Jim Cornette thing. But also just to let anyone know, he's also a huge wrestling fan, goes back years and owns like a bunch of like classic championship belts and shit like that. So he's very uh, respectful and um, appreciative of pro wrestling. So that's good. And uh, just another guy that out of nowhere, it's like, no offense to Vicky or some of these, like, uh, Pentagon's translator dude. Great fucking manager. Kind of not used that much anymore. The Now he's with Jay Cargill, but it was a lawyer of MJF. I forgot his name. Awesome manager. I'm glad he, he's with Jade. Dan Lambert was like, I, I, want, I want this guy to do something with someone on this fucking product. But I don't know who. And I don't want it to be Jake Hager. Let me just say that. <laughs> Jake Hager doesn't deserve a manager in Dane's opinion. <laughs> he doesn't. He. I just. It's like Dan Lambert's like, I'm Jake Hager. I'm going to represent him. It's like, I don't even care about Jake in the ring anymore. He's fine. He's lanky and weird and awkward. And he's been doing the same stick since like he first broke in. Uh, but yeah, like I, uh, Dan Lambert, if they're building to something with Jorge or. Amanda Nunez, they've already shown that they could do that with a celebrity. I think that, well, the, the Snoop Dogg one was not a successful, but the, the Shaq stuff I thought was really well done, especially for like a celebrity type thing. I'm looking up his uh, whole camp and past camp, and I can't find anyone that, I mean, I guess, it, especially if, if now, if if they do this, if, w, if I was WWE, I'd be like, knocking on uh connor's door too but like besides masvidal besides um nunez well you got tyrone woodley who's a badass but i don't know if that would be as well but like dustin poirier if he be, if he knocks out fucking connor which we can kind of like throw that and have like a small like little who do you think's gonna win it's happening tonight um i mean they could do that but it is cool to get that Get someone involved. Junior DeSantos is a part of his camp. God damn, dude. And like some of the people in the past, Robbie Lawler, Andrea Larsky, uh, just stacked fucking gym, dude. Good shit. Anyways, but yeah, 
we'll uh we'll have to wait and see but it's interesting like i said to get dan lambert involved in this and it was random and out of nowhere for sure <laughs> let's keep on going so, uh, but, so well, speaking of it before we move on did didn't connor lose the past two matches against poirier no poirier they both have lost by knockout and connor got the first one uh he got obviously the second one this will be the blow off okay tonight Oh yeah, we I, I forgot we didn't. I, I just said we could talk about that. If Connor Connor loses, this is going to be a huge hit for him, and I, I I agree with him. And he took responsibility for it. I don't think he was in fighter mode when he went against him the first time, and hopefully he's over that shit. But if not, I don't know. I think he still has two more fights, Chris, in his contract with UFC. But I think this is definitely going to kill his confidence. If Poirier wins, uh, he just became a pretty big deal in UFC because he'll be the guy that took Conor McGregor out, technically. You know what I'm saying? Beating him twice in a row. So it's it's going to be a huge fight tonight. Are you excited about it? Yeah, I'm excited. I might try to watch it, depending on how much it's going to cost me on cable. Oh, I'll get you around that whole entire concept. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind paying for a good fight, but if it's going to be like $125 in HD or something, then that's a bit fucking ridiculous. But uh, I, I it's going to be, it says it's on ESPN Plus, but I don't know if that means it's on ESPN Plus, plus you have to pay for the pay-per-view. I guess that's we'll usually what it is. Stupid. Yeah, yeah so that's yeah, fine. I mean, it is what it is. I don't mind paying for a good fight. I don't want to pay... I need to look at the undercard because I don't. I'm not going to pay a hundred dollars for a McGregor fight, honestly. Um, especially if it's just going to get recapped the hell to death as soon as it happens on ESPN. All right. So the, <laughs> if you want to know, yeah, and I agree with you. If you want to know the uh, fight card, uh, bantamweight Sean O'Malley versus Chris Motinho. Uh, women bantamweight Arlene Aldana versus Yana. Katsukaya, man, I really just don't watch this stuff that much anymore. <laughs> Sorry if I'm butchering names. Heavyweight uh, match with Ty Taviasa versus Greg Hardy. Uh, Walter White, co-main event. Gilbert Burns versus Stephen Thompson. And then the lightweight main event, Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. So the, un- that uh, undercard match right before the main event. Those two cats, they should have a good match. Uh, Gilbert Burns with 19 wins, four losses. Stephen Thompson with 16 wins, four losses, and one no contest. Yeah, I've seen a couple of their fights, but the rest of that card, there's so much because we're getting a UFC show almost every week. It seems like it's it's been hard to keep up with all of the standings, especially just because I feel like you almost have to be kind of diehard in UFC now to really. St- stick with all of these fighters because they're running a show every Saturday, right? Yeah, I believe so. Whether it's like a big card or not, it seems like every Saturday they got something going and, and it's, it's, it is hard to keep up with. I mean, the big ones, I feel like uh, for this pay-per-view, you're going to see a huge turn turnout just because it's Conor McGregor. You'll probably see a massive buy rate. That guy knows how to make money. He's uh, that's why I'm when he's done, it, it, it makes sense. That he'll end up, you know, in WWE at some point. Just to make that Only extra in money. early 30s. Uh, I'm definitely down for that. 
All right, so the main event, we had the tag team of Eddie Kingston and Penta versus the Young Bucks. Damn good tag match, man. Just went all over the place. This is a hardcore match. Um, what the hell? Oh, the Canadian destroyer through the table. I, I'm glad that Matt and Penta were then out of it for a, a good little while, but my lord, that could have been something that could have ended or, or been at the tail end of the damn thing. That looked vicious, and, like, you got to trust Pentagon to be able to fucking pull that off, man. Like, Matt Jackson must have a lot of trust in him being able to do that, because that looked fucking ridiculous. But, of course... There was a bit of shenanigans towards the end. What did you think about the match? Obviously, Young Bucks won. They retained their titles, but um, I don't know. Does, does Eddie Kingston, does he need to get another fucking guy to go against him, or what the hell's going on with him? I I have no idea. Did, I mean, why did I don't understand why this was a street fight. I don't know. I have no I, idea. Because they won a clean match to set up a title match, right? Mm-hmm. When did this become a street fight? And why did it become a street fight? There's nothing throughout the rest of the show. I don't remember them giving us any reason why this needed to be a street fight. Because, like, your champions, why would they request a street fight? That would be dumb on their part, because then you lose the champion advantage where you could just leave. And then you never really heard Eddie Kingston ask for one that I recall, unless unless he asked, unless they're including maybe a promo he did after the show last week, because I, I never saw that. I heard the synopsis of the WWE stuff, but I didn't hear him do that. Um, match itself was fine for a street fight, I guess. I mean, I know that they were trying to put this as a road rager, a big pay-per-view type TV show, but I, I just don't understand why they did a street fight. There was a lot of crazy shit in this match. Um, obviously, the Young Bucks retained. I didn't think they were going to lose to Kingston and Penta to begin with. The ending spot was a bit just fucking ridiculous. Like they're pouring, they're pouring thumbtacks into Eddie Kingston's mouth to set up a super kick <sighs> spot. Like, <sighs> come on, just a little bit too fucking ridiculous like two out there for me i did appreciate the kingston wore terry funk shirt to the ring <laughs> so good on yeah that was pretty good, awesome good on kingston um i mean it was a fine match it was a good brawl i mean that's what you would want out of you know kingston and in, in in this in penta i guess in this sort of match but the problem is you now you give them the excuse to have the good brothers come out and and all of the other cats and and then you get Kazarian coming out and they just get and then they end up getting their ass kicked and it's we're just back to square one. Um, what a group that I honestly don't care that much about. Like I like Kenny as the champion and doing the triple belt thing, but I don't necessarily give two single fucks about the club or what the elite, <laughs> the elite or whatever they have going on. Like this little tag team group of the Good Brothers and. Uh, and the very, very new annoying young bucks, which I know they're, you know, they're doing that on purpose to some extent. I, I don't care about. <laughs> I'm kind of already over it, especially if if this is going to be the outcome of every title match they have. Well, I don't think you'll have to worry about the Good Brothers because uh, one thing we almost forgot to talk about until you reminded me 
something that was announced on this dynamite. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. They also mentioned this on Impact. Uh, they're going back, if not to Japan, I guess a lot. Or I, I'm pretty sure they're going back to Japan. That's what was promoted. So Carl Anderson has a match next week with Kenny with uh, with John Moxley um, for the U.S. Championship, and he's claiming he's taking it back to Japan um, and out of the hands of Moxley. I wonder actually through since they've been doing this, someone fucks over and the machine gun gets a win over Moxley to get that title off of him. I think it's weird that Moxley's coming back randomly out of nowhere. So uh, just all this kind of curious stuff, but should be a damn good match. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's a good thing for New Japan to pass it to one person that's not in their company to another. Um, specifically because they're still having problems with the pandemic. So I don't know, maybe Moxley will <laughs> retain it here. I just don't understand why you wouldn't have him drop it on New Japan Strong or someone that would be going back to Japan in the near future as opposed to Carl Anderson, who would just be doing like a tour maybe like eight weeks there. I don't think he's going there full time because he's under contract with impact. I don't know. I have no idea, but like I said, should be a good match. We're getting Moxley back next week. So we were joking about this, Chris, you know, Moxley with the leaving for the, the, you know, birth of his child, uh, it's like, all right, all right, got to go wrestle. Uh, I'm also fighting Nick Gage that same Friday, and then I'm going to go to Japan and fight uh, Minoru Suzuki. I'm not gonna, don't worry, I'm not going to get – I don't know why I'm turning Moxley's voice into Rick from fucking Rick and Morty, but I'm not going to get the coronavirus. I'll be fine. Get the fuck out. I'm just going to pretend that you agree with me. I'm done. I'm going on. Don't, I do, don't worry. I do agree. It's, I, I was trying to get myself unmuted here, sir. Uh, yes, <laughs> we did. It is exactly what we thought of Moxley. He's going to be back like in one week. Um, but maybe, like you said, maybe it is to drop the title and then he goes away for a while. Because you could just set up that he gets beat down by the club again and then he can take some time off. But uh, or, or he gets killed by Cage, like you said. <laughs> He's... Because something he's doing the Wednesday match, and then you said he has the match against when's the Nick Gage match? No, I, apparently that's not happening yet because he's he's going against, and I think it's this weekend. Oh my god, I can. We're, it's so hard to stay on track. Nick Gage, I don't know if you listened to it when I sent it to you. Had the funniest interview with with Bully Ray and Dave LaGreca on Busted Open, like because he's a big fan. He's really really nice, and so. But, you know, he's getting he, he starts gritting his teeth and talking about shit like I'm going to fucking kill Matt Cardona. I'm going to fucking slice him open with a fucking pizza cutter. And it's like he keeps on saying, man, and he keeps on also just he's like, Bully Ray, I just want to let you know you and fucking ECW, you were my fucking you were my childhood. You're fucking great. You're awesome. And then at one point, Dave LaGreca, they're talking about New Jersey, starts getting frustrated and pissed off about the whole WrestleMania was actually in Jersey, but they fucking said it was in New York. Blah blah. His rant that he always goes into, and like, I guess, I guess uh, he's not an active listener because Nick Gage was like, "Man, I love your passion for New Jersey. I fucking agree with you. Fuck that. It should be the New Jersey fucking Giants." And so they were just doing that over and over again. I think Bully Ray. I wish I, I had his face because I'm sure he was just laughing his ass off the whole entire time. Kind of an awkward guy. <laughs> 
and he's going to slice up Matt Cardona with a fucking pizza cutter. So I don't think Matt knows what he's getting himself into. So are you are you questioning Long Island IZ's knowledge of Nick Gage? <laughs> yes, at this point I am kind of. Since he uh, said literally, I'm going to do whatever I did to that stupid Hollywood guy that's named Dave. I forgot what the fuck his his full name is. <laughs> and I actually I actually believe that Nick Gage forgot David Arquette's name because. <laughs> uh... <laughs> So SmackDown, <laughs> let's get out of here. All right, so SmackDown came on. Uh, Roman, this last night, obviously. Roman came out to the ring, called out Jimmy. Jimmy comes out, gives him a little, you know, lets him know some stuff. Then Jay, uh, then the music hits again. Jay Uso comes out. Apparently, Jay's thought about it. He's all on the same page, and Roman now accepts them, or that's at least what he says. As one unit, they're going to get the titles. He's going to be champion. They're going to dominate and bring home money to their family. I don't know if that's going to last, but I kind of want it to. Uh, unless, obviously, if Jimmy has to leave due to whatever uh, suspension of what happened, if this is a recorded SmackDown. But regardless, um, this is what I've been wanting, but I don't feel like that's the direction they're going. I feel like if they were going to, if this didn't happen with Jimmy, they were going to have more bullshit that would have led to Roman turning on them or something happening. But I don't know. I like the intro. Roman Reigns is still awesome. He's killing it. And the, that fake audience, man, man, they were booing him, Chris. They did not like him. I can't wait until that's done. Uh, yeah, they definitely did not like Roman. That's for sure. Uh, this was a good opening. And uh, SmackDown still riding the riding the Roman Reigns, which, I mean, I guess ride him till he's done. Until he's, great. until he's done. <laughs> until All right. he's done. Until he's finished. <laughs> until he's until he can't do anything else. He just <gasps> suck the life out of him. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of this is just going to pivot on whether or not they sus- how how pissed off people are at Jimmy Jimmy and if they're going to suspend him or not. Oh Lord! All right, so Money in the Bank qualifying match: Baron Corbin. <laughs> Versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Baron, I can't believe I'm laughing about this. Baron's lost everything. You know, he's lost he's, he has a couple uh, payments on his house. He lost his car. They fucking licensed Happy Corbin. WWE just filed that trademark this last week. I shit you not. Don't care where they're going with this, but just the fact that I got to watch Big E and Pat McAfee on a couch getting pedicures from machines when they came back from fucking commercial was absolutely hilarious while they're berating Baron Corbin and on actual live mics so that he can hear everything while he's getting, you know, in a, in his match with King Nakamura. And of course, uh, knock up the win at the end. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this, but all right. Nakamura will now be with biggie, Kevin Owens, ricochet riddle, drew McIntyre, John Morrison will get to the the other person for the money in the bank. And Corbin is just completely just decimated. He's decimated, Chris. And while that's happening, Biggie and McAfee are laughing, taunting him on couch while getting pedicures. <laughs> so I'm a little I kind of would have preferred Corbin winning here. Just because I think he's a better fit in the match itself. Like, I don't know what they're going to have Nakamura do in a Money in the Bank match. 
that's not really when I think of Shinsuke Nakamura even at his peak, I don't think like, hey, let's put this guy in a ladder match. Yeah. Um whereas Corbin is at least a big guy you can have people to <laughs> dive onto. Uh I guess we'll see, man. Maybe Nakamura will surprise me. But it, it I, I enjoyed this. I thought the like you said, the segment with uh Biggie afterwards coming back from the commercial after the win was was really funny with the pedicure spot. <laughs> I love Pat McAfee too, man. He's really working out well. Uh good stuff. I I liked him better when he was cutting hill promos and was a wrestler, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But he, he has been fun on commentary. I'll give him that. He has not been he's not he has been good, but uh I, I think I liked him better when he was actually being a heel wrestler. Persona. He said, apparently, he hinted at the fact that that's not over. So hopefully that will lead to something in the future. But I agree with you. I wish he was actually just a heel on one of those shows. Um, with a, like a limited schedule, that's fine. You know, he's not an actual fucking wrestler. He just is good. Um, but yeah, so we had Italia and Tamina Snuka versus Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blacker. But now Knox. And uh, and Shotzi, Shotzi and Knox. That's what I meant to say. But a uh, pretty crazy match, and Shotzi and Tegan beat the champion. So obviously that means that they're going to get some type of title shot um, in the future. I'm assuming at Money in the Bank. But like I said, I think these girls could be good in the tag team. It's weird because I'm used to Amber and Shotzi, obviously. Every time Tegan walks, I fucking get scared. I just, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just being honest because, you know, three torn knees in the past. But, um, yeah, they're here. What do you think, Chris? Imagine, like, describing if you if you were talking to someone that didn't know anything about wrestling and you're like, hey, man, this match should be pretty good. It's Knox and Shotzi versus Tamina and Natalia. And that's all you could build it off of was the the fact that all four of these people are just name like one name. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Awkward. Yeah, this was fine. I mean, it was pretty much a squash match. It was only three minutes long. Like, I can, there's not there's not a whole lot I can draw an opinion out of for this debut. I don't know, man. It's a. I mean, I guess I guess it wasn't a squash, but because I mean, but it was only three minutes long, and the newcomers won. So, so are they yeah. taking those titles at the uh, next pay per view over at Money in the Bank? I mean, why not? They don't mean anything, so <laughs> might as well. <laughs> uh, it's true though. All right, we see Edge. Uh, he comments on Roman Reigns and the Usos. Edge says he will save his comments for later. Uh, when he goes to the ring uh, and then takes shots at them in their little family reunion. Um, all right, so this is another thing. So Bailey is explained by Sonya Deville that she will be out, and she puts in place for the championship Carmella. Liv is com- comes out just like she has with the Money in the Bank, has issue with this. She already beat Carmella, then she beat last week the returning Selena Vega, and doesn't understand that she's not added to the TLC, and that also why the fuck she might not have been considered since she has wins actively right now. Having a great reason. And also the weird thing in this is that 
I think Sonya Deville's not supposed to be a heel. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, if you're asking me if I'm excited about Bianca Belair and Carmella, no. And I hope Liv Morgan does get added. I, I that, If she doesn't, that's this whole thing's really fucking stupid. Because they have one more person to add to the uh, women's match. Uh, but... Yeah, they haven't they haven't announced that. This is just weird. It sucks with Bailey, obviously, but what? Well, why the fuck? In it? I, it's not that I don't like Carmella, but why is it Bianca and Carmella? I don't know. <laughs> what did what did Carmella do to deserve a title shot? The same thing she did to deserve a Money in the Bank fucking letter match uh, spot without winning. And then lost to Liv Morgan and got the Keitha and Liv Morgan didn't get added. And then she beat fucking Selena Vega and still didn't get added. I mean, I guess they're, you know, they're just grabbing the biggest name out of everyone else they have. For Bianca, if you can't get Sasha, like Carmella's the next biggest person. Damn, just bring Eel up at that point. Fuck. I don't know. Or, you know, you're doing vignettes with this girl named Tony Storm. Maybe give the crowd a surprise and be like, hey, we're going to bring in this person to face you and then do that title match instead of showing us Carmella versus Bianca. That would have been awesome because Tony Storm and Bianca would have a great match and they probably would elevate both people or they, they both would look good coming out of it, basically, even if Tony lost. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was, that's basically what I was getting at. And plus, you would give the fans to be excited about a new person to come directly up and challenge for the title. That's kind of a big deal. I don't know that anyone cares that Carmella's challenging for a title belt here. Yeah, I don't think so either. All right, so the next, oh, sorry. Is Carmella Carmella still doing that gimmick where she's better than everybody or whatever? Yep. Okay. <laughs> they, they haven't changed that up either. She's the prettiest. She's the prettiest uh, woman in WWE. Uh huh. All right. So does does uh sorry does Corey Graves agree with her because he seems to think <laughs> Mandy Rose. Well, that's weird because Corey Graves is actually with Carmella in real life. So uh, <laughs> do you think they ever have goes, that discussion? <laughs> hey, babe. Just out of curiosity. Do you think Mandy Rose is cuter than me? Don't say it, Corey. All right, Money in the Bank qualifier, the last one. (laughs) We're moving on from this, Chris, okay? Jesus Christ. I don't want to talk about Carmella. All right, uh, Cesaro, Seth Rollins. Awesome match. Uh, This was their blow-off match, too, technically. And they had a really great match, and it won with Seth Rollins in a stump. To Cesaro after uh, trying to put a sharpshooter on him and, uh, you know, kind of messing up. And then Rollins got the best of it. So he is now the last person in this. And my favorite thing was when he was backstage shortly after this match and bumped into Edge. And Edge got right in his face. And we know that Seth's pissed off that Edge got picked over him to go next against Roman. And Edge said something on the lines of, "I, um, hey, what's up, man? You basically called him mediocre to how he is now and told him at the end of it, I haven't forgotten 2014. And for someone that wasn't really actively watching, I had to go back and watch the clip. And it was actually a fucking awesome heel clip from Seth Rollins where the motherfucker smashed uh, Christian in the head with his uh, money in the bank 
or yeah, Money in the Bank uh, briefcase, knocked him out. Edge is about to confront him, pushes him, hits him a bit, and then is 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 saying that he's going to stomp his head onto the Money in the Bank briefcase. And this right after Edge retired, so he he calls for Cena to come out and to reinstate the authority, and Cena is forced to. So I mean, it, it was random scenario, but I guess rest, people like you, Chris, probably remember that happening. But for me to, to, you know, a person that didn't, going back, I was like, wow, that was actually a really good situation for him to, this is going to lead to Seth Rollins versus Edge, like we said at SummerSlam. Something's going to happen. Seth's now in the money in the bank. I don't know, maybe what I'm assuming could happen is if they have the Roman Edge match, maybe at the beginning, because Roman has started the shows a couple times. Uh, Seth gets involved with the Edge thing, and then Edge counters and fucks over uh, Seth from being able to get the briefcase, and that leads to SummerSlam. Something on those lines. But uh, I love the interaction, and now I kind of I think the rumors are true, basically, Chris. Oh, and a great match with Cesaro and Seth, by the way. But they yeah, always they, do. Yeah, this is what the third or fourth match they've had. Uh, third and the fourth was a some type of tag match. Yeah, and they've all been really, really good. I really enjoyed this match, but like you said, that that's to be expected. Uh, Cesaro and and Seth Rollins, Tyler Black, and Claudio, they're going to have good matches. Um, yeah, I tend to agree with you, man. That does seem like where they're going. And as far as the 2014 thing, the only thing I don't remember about that is why the authority was not in power to begin. Like, what did John Cena do to boot them out of power? kind of thing and then who was in power once he booted the authority out of power that's the <laughs> triple h and uh stephanie because they came to the ring afterwards so well, they, they but they were the authority yeah i, I don't know i i don't remember what the setup was like what john cena did and then who filled in at that point like was john cena the authority after he beat the authority but it's also there was some bad booking <laughs> during that time period and but like Seth was, dude, was a bodyguard great <laughs> in the segment. Like he was a total fucking evil heel. Like he's like, he's like, I'm going to kill him. And he actually like goes back to do it. And John Cena runs, slides in the ring and takes him down in a tackle like very fast. But he's like, he's like, oh, he, he gives him all the information. And Seth's like, oh, you know me, you know, I'm actually going to still hurt him. And then he backs up and he's like, actually, I'm going to kill him. And I'm like, whoa. Seth said killing is like literally saying he's a fucking stomp his face in. Like, it's good shit. Good shit. Yeah, it was a pretty good hill run by Seth. And I mean, that <laughs> led that led into him and Triple H later on down the road, which I think you were a part of at that point, right? Yep. Him and, yeah. So, I mean, that was all the buildup for that stuff. Man, I came in when he went against Sting. So, I, st- I saw a little bit of the authority, Seth, but, you know, right at the tail end. Yeah, right before Kevin Owens uh, got chosen by Triple H to be the champion, and that was kind of the end of of that. If I remember. Yep. Right. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah. So let's keep on going. What's the next match? All right. So back from the break, Edge is in the ring. He mocks Roman Reigns and the Usos for their reunion. Edge doesn't care how many. Uh, Minions uh, Reigns has. He's winning the title at Money in the Bank. 
He says anyone who gets God, seriously, this website's jumping as I'm trying to read. Uh, gets in the way will look like this. He, we see how Jimmy Uso and Roman Reigns, he had them like both back to back looked. Edge goes on with harsh uh, warning to Reigns about Money in the Bank. Edge gets hyped up and calls Reigns to the ring, saying he's pulling his punk card. Edge calls, uh, asks where Reigns is. We see Reigns with both, both Usos and Heyman backstage. Uh, Roman Reigns and the Usos. God damn it, wrestling headlines. Your fucking advertisement makes your fucking website jump. I don't know why I'm reading this, basically. He basically, you know, calls him out, calls him a bitch. They don't fucking move. And, oh, no, no, that's right. Roman's music hits. He comes out. Chris, you have the shit on your end, man. This fucking stuff's fucking up completely. I'm about to lose it. It's the end of the damn thing. I do. Give me one second to get the tab pulled up here. Uh, Sorry. Sorry, everyone out there. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So, um, let's go up here a little bit. Money in the Bank qualifiers of Seth Rollins. Uh, We didn't talk about uh, Kevin Owens was on commentary, by the way. (laughs) We forgot to mention that. For which one? The, um, oh yeah, he was great on commentary. I forgot about that. Yeah, I didn't understand why he was there, but he was there. So uh, let's get into Edge calls out Roman Reigns. Edge mocked Roman Reigns and the Usos for reuniting earlier in the night. Edge showed uh, showed still shots of Reigns and Jimmy uh, Reigns having Jimmy in a crossface. Reigns, Paul Hammond, and the Usos watch backstage. Edge demanded Reigns come out to the ring right now. Reigns stood up and told the Usos to stay in the back. He wants to handle this one on his own. Reigns gave Heyman the title. Told him to stay in the back, too. Reigns slowly walked to the ring. In the back, Jay thinks it's a trap. So the Usos headed to the ring. The Usos made their way to ringside. Reigns was unhappy they showed up. Said he wants to handle this without them. Reigns slowly entered the ring and faced off with Edge. Edge and Reigns started brawling in the ring. Suddenly, Rey Mysterio's music hit. Rey and Dominic ran out and attacked the Usos. The Usos recovered and beat down the Mysterios. Edge hit a DDT on Reigns and set up for the spear. Jay grabbed Edge's leg, and Jimmy hit a super kick. Mysterio's jumped back in the ring, hit a double six one nine on the Usos. Edge hit them with a spear on uh, J- Edge hit a spear on Jay. Edge broke off a piece of a chair, and gave the Usos the crossface with the bar. Reigns ran away and watched from the ramp. Edge also applied the crossface on Jimmy Uso. Reigns slowly walked away to end the, the last SmackDown from the Thunderdome. Next week, SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair defends against Carmella in a fatal four-way. Kevin Owens takes on Shinsuke Nakamura, Big E, and Seth Rollins. So that is your main events from next week as well. Yeah, I like this, man. I thought it was uh, a good way to end it. I I like how Roman kind of let his uh, cousins just go in and get decimated. Um, Edge is looking fucking ferocious. I mean, he's going to lose. And he can take a loss. He's a fucking legend. But he looks jacked. He looks fucking crazed. This is, he has, I mean, he always has some of the best facial expressions in the business. But uh, this, this, this version, he's like, he's like, I'm going to murder, I'm going to murder the Usos. I'm going to murder Roman. I'm going to murder Seth. Like, I like that. And uh, Roman Reigns, man, just still great character work. Just uh, 
still not shitbag heel, but the fact that he can go from tough to doing that, I I, I like the whole entire interaction and uh, sucks for the Usos. I think one of them might be gone next week. Yeah. Well, in this situation, it's is Roman really the bad guy with the Usos in this situation? Because he told their dumbasses not to come down in the ring to begin with. You know what I mean? That's I the mean, only you're right. part of it. Like, he literally said, like, hey, stay back here, because he probably knew stuff was going to pop off with the Mysterios. It's like he's one step ahead and his dumbass cousins fucked it up for him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I uh, like how they kept it so that the Mysterios get involved not just because the Ustos have had matched with them. It's also because Roman fucking got so personal with Ray, so he would come and back up Edge. Um we're probably going to see a three on three sometime soon to lead to the match. I'm assuming next week, maybe live it will be announced and edge will be with the, the Mysterios against Roman and the Usos. But, uh, those should be two, unless Jimmy's pulled out. If he's not, I'm just saying those should be two great sets of matches with the Usos versus the Mysterios. And I'm really looking forward to edge and uh, Roman Reigns just one-on-one. I agree with you, and I think I'm completely fine with that. I, I think that that should be a good good fucking match, and it continues the storyline for both those groups. Um, I am assuming that leads to Money in the Bank being Usos versus Mysterios, potentially. That might even be an open card opening card thing. Yep. But all right, guys, I think that's our show. Thank you for listening to us. We had a lot to talk about today, and we appreciate having you around to talk with us. We do this show once a week, usually recorded on a Saturday. Get that out the next day. And uh, new listeners, just keep on listening. You can find us on all audio downloadable platforms. Just search Geek Vibes Nation for our main overhaul or Wrestling Geeks Alliance specifically for us. Wrestling Geeks Alliance, so search that on uh search on google you'll find multiple platforms but you can do it on spotify itunes stitcher pretty much all your major ones i want to thank my co-host of course christopher brother ray Patton. any plugs you got to leave man or anything you got to say before we get the heck out of here no i mean i guess congratulations to tampa bay lightning skates the throats will be on a little bit of hiatus since the stanley cup is over at this point and there's not really any hockey news so if you're a skates throats fan just be on the lookout i'll make sure to keep you guys up to date if you want to talk to me on twitter you can hit me at at chris r Patton. on facebook christopher.r.patton uh those are probably the two best ways to reach me and i hope everyone out there has a great weekend and uh sending it back to you dane i hope you have a great weekend too bud well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Hope everyone has a great weekend, especially you, dude. And uh, just listen to us every week, guys. You have a great evening. Uh, and as always, let the Geek Fives be with you. Peace out. Wrestling Geeks Alliance rules. Oh, yeah. All right, I'm done. <laughs> All right. <laughs>